0: We are live. Everyone's we says are Fauci. Affi- Adam. We're officially live. Oh, we're here. Kai, we're back. We are live. We have Tom Zetter in the house. We're, we're back. back. We're back over there. G-I-Z. we got Kai. We've got Sam and Vanessa back there. Anyways, we got a lot of crazy topics to cover. Seriously, like this has been a weekend filled with many stories, yeah. right? It's a crazy weekend. What happened? Whether it's the shoes that came out by Little Nas X, which we have to cover. This Luke ten eighteen. One out of six sixty six. We'll cover the shoes and a new music. video. I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch his new music video or oh, no. I've not? It's I'm not. I'm not going to
1: subject video. myself to okay, it. Okay.
0: So we'll we'll talk about him. Yeah. The Amazon Twitter war going on. That's got Jeff Bezos furious. Mm-hmm. Amazon's vote writing about union. The Suez Canal, ever given, has finally been freed. It's moving and. Uh, They're saying even though it's only been whatever, not a long time, it's been a week or so, it's going to affect the economy in major ways. And people are going to see it because a lot of things are being delayed. Uh, uh, Suez Canal blockage will hit the U.S. in short term. Harvard Economist warns Deutsche Bank and Sue Madoff feeder funds uh, over $1.6 billion claims. Ray Dalio says we're halfway there. The alarm clock. On the stock bubble that he pays, that he says is quickly approaching dot-com proportions. And Ray Dalio is not a lightweight guy mm-hmm. to say something like that. The media slashing jobs again due to Trump news cycles. Elon Musk raises doubts about Tesla's battery cell and electric truck uh, uh, production. This year, Norway, and by the way, these two Norway stories. How often do we get two Norway stories in there? We only got these because there's a monopoly. There, <laughs> there's a conspiracy there seems to on the be team. some yeah. sort of conspiracy now, theory that we
2: are... Only subjecting ourselves to Norway stories is the only European story do that we're to Do you think forward. it has
0: to do with Kai's new Fight Club haircut that he got? 100%. Okay, I wonder if he met a girl at a club. No. Okay? He promised and, her a few
1: Norway stories? No, no. She looked at him. She <laughs> that lo- didn't happen. But she looked at, him, she yeah. looked
0: at him and she says, you know what? I swear to God, if you got a haircut, you'd look yeah. like Brad Pitt from Fight Club. Yeah. Do you think like, Kai, did you get a compliment like that from a girl? <laughs> So he got, gets that haircut. I
1: can't confirm nor deny. Okay, or, there you go. I'll or, take that. I'll take that. Too
0: cool for school. Kai I'll take Lowe. that.
1: Or maybe he's pushing these cashless stories on us because he never carries any cash. <laughs> he's trying to validate it.
0: So Norway, two stories. Norway is the world's most cashless country, but its central bank isn't keen on Bitcoin. It doesn't preserve stability. FYI, that story I sent to Kai. So Kai's like, <laughs> first of all, I didn't even give you that story. Norway's central bank looks beyond COVID-19. That's Kai's story. Okay, 5,000 people attended a rock concert in Barcelona uh, after COVID-19 screen. CDC will extend national eviction uh, uh, ban through June 30th. A day of terror and dishonor. Uh, uh, Myanmar uh, forces uh, uh, killed dozens of people, including children, and what may be the deadliest since uh, the coup, a tragic event that took place there. DeSantis is threatening to sue the U.S. government over a cruise ship ban. Uh, San Francisco to pay essential artists $1,000 a month, basic income, and pilot program amid pandemic. It's kind of like the UBI of San Fran. Hmm. And then uh, Kamala Harris is bothered that she can't move into her place, even though it's been two months since then. Uh, you got Fauci that's got more stuff talking about new surge. And Fauci took credit. Obviously, it's all because of him that uh, the, this whole vaccine is here. He took all credit. It's so interesting in an interview. Maybe we'll talk about He's that. the ideal team player. Uh, <clears throat> very team. Yeah, absolutely. And then a um, few other events. One of the things that I didn't want to talk about is no more drill sergeant, shark attack, army moves toward kinder basic training
2: i have questions for you on that
0: how about we go into that that. how about we start off with we're going to do amazon you're doing a curveball at us let's go straight to the no more drill sergeant idea page eight okay here we go okay So, uh, by the way, if you're watching this, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, do me a favor and smash that subscribe button. Many times people think this is Valuetainment, this is not. It's a complete separate channel with only 50 some thousand subscribers. Valuetainment's about to cross three million. So if you're a a first timer, please press the subscribe button. Help us get to a hundred thousand subs so we can start doing this more than just twice a week. Okay, so let's take Mm -hmm. a look at this. Let's take a look at this, let's take a look at this. No more drill sergeant shark attack. Army moves towards kinder basic training, says Yahoo. The U.S. Army has replaced the chaotic reception uh, recruits entering. Basic training have long received from shouting drill sergeants with a training event designed to create a bond with their teammates and leaders. Day one of basic training, combat training, has always been a rite of passage that involved menacing groups of drill sergeants descending on terrified recruits, yelling commands, and ordering trainees to perform push-ups and other exercises with packed duffel bags strapped to their backs. Command Sergeant Major Robert Fortenberry Fortenberry described how a 22-week infantry one-station unit training has replaced a shark attack with the first 100 days, a new introductory training event being instituted at basic boot camp, uh, basic combat training sites across the country. So, essentially, they're getting away from that pressure type of an environment that they had uh, Tom, I'll go to you first. What do you think about it?
1: My this? first reaction was, okay, here we go again. This country is just a bunch of weakling, soft people, and, and, and they've got to adjust to that, which might be part of it. I think that has to be part of it. The culture that we're – or the, the, the generation of – Potential recruits that we're throwing the army's way—I'm sure—is not what it was a few years ago. I was watching the Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO on HBO Max a couple, a couple nights ago. It was utterly fascinating. And then when you look at some of the movies he made, you know the Holocaust, you know covering that, uh, Lincoln, right, freeing the slaves, uh, World War Two, right. He. Co- we were different people back then as americans a hell of a lot tougher than we are now so i was thinking our my first reaction was this makes no sense why are you doing it but it kind of does in my opinion because warfare is changing right you're not in those front lines you're not you're not attacking the the military on an open field the, the enemy you're not hiding behind a bunker or digging a you know a trench and, and, and so the war is just totally different it's more tech. It's, you know, it's attacking other uh, countries' infrastructures and doing things like that. So I kind of get it. And I think the bottom line is, what do we do to cut down on attrition, right? Maybe that's, I don't know if attrition is a problem in the military. I think it's about 18% in the army, which doesn't seem too bad. But I think it's about time maybe to make this adjustment because that's got to scare the living hell out of somebody on the first couple of days of basic training when you get there and you have these guys all over you. You, you just think about these old movies back from the 80s and the and, you know in the 90s. You know I don't know, but I've been told you know they're out they're marching I and getting there, screamed right? at constantly. So ultimately, let's give our uh, Pentagon officials a little credit here to think that they know what they're doing and they've got this well thought out. And it's probably the best thing to do right now is just ease back a little on these guys when they show up.
2: So this is a story I really wanted to get your opinion on. Um, you know, I see shark attack as the, as the, as the uh, headline. I'm thinking, I'm from Florida, I, I hanging out on the beaches. Yeah. What's going on here? Shark attack. But it turns out this is a military drill in the Army. So there's certain topics that I, I have vested interest in, you know, uh, an emotional connection with, um, stuff that I'm eager to know more about. This is not one of those stories. I I was not in the army. I was not in the military. So what I wanna do here is just say, thank you for serving. If you've served, uh, respect to you. Let me turn it over to somebody who's actually been in the army that probably had one of these shark attacks and want to get your opinion on what this actually means folks if you don't know adam's about to announce his run for
0: congress <laughs> he, he, very diplomatic way you took very that. diplomatic just yes. incredible and and uh, i'm going to be his campaign manager mm-hmm. to help him thank win this you election. i think
2: with you behind me we can win anything <laughs> i actually think we could anything win. we want to put we could
0: win anything to. yes that is true so l- let's talk about shark attack so what was it like when i joined the army first Please of all uh, uh eric our marine here yes. says they stopped it a couple years ago it's not like anything new that he was talking about right when I joined in 97, we we, we we landed in Atlanta. We got in a, a bus. I think it was a Greyhound bus. It was like six of us from L.A. Believe it or not, the bus was empty. Nobody was on the bus. It was just six of us. One guy was from uh, one gang. Another guy was from another gang. I'm from uh, uh, Glendale, L.A. And gang, was like gang a gang member. Uh, not necessarily a gang member, but I had a lot of gang member friends, yep. a lot of them, and we got along very well. It's, it's uh, so funny. The other day, one of my uh, my sister was selling a policy to one of the gang members in Glendale that I used to hang out with and we'd go to Vegas Mm -hmm. with. And he called me, and we were having a conversation, reminiscing about the times. But the moment we got there, the driver starts having fun with us. So he says, "Uh, so how do you guys think you're going to handle the the boot camp? We're going to be like, oh, we're from L.A. (laughs) We're from L.A., dog. Nothing's going to happen. Everybody's, like, pumping each other up, right? These guys know nothing. You know what we're coming from? he says, oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Good luck out there, buddy. Good luck out there with that attitude. And then you pull up, you go through the gates. It's 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. We've been driving for a long time. Just think, Atlanta Mm -hmm. to to, to Columbia, South Carolina, it's some ways, okay? You're
2: driving from L.A.? No, from Atlanta. Okay, gotcha.
0: To South Carolina. So next thing you know, he says, okay, we're about to get to your unit. You guys ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. It's getting closer, closer, closer. All of a sudden, you see these six troll sergeants run up to the bus. They start in the side of it. Oh, who the hell are you thinking? And then they open the door. They run out. They grab your duffel bag. They throw the thing out. And it's like, get your shit off the ground. Why the hell's your clothes? How do you pack? Is that how you pack your clothes? They're in your face screaming, hollering. <laughs> yes, you're, you're kind of running <laughs> all over the place. We're bumping into each other. You see a bunch of different guys on the other side. We, we've been sitting there waiting for you. Who told you can get here at 3 o'clock in the morning? Everyone's been waiting and then we get every one of you guys we've been waiting for these six knuckleheads that came here from LA so we're already off to a bad start clothes yeah. are trying to pack them you're nerf you have no clue what's going on but you know what did happen is here's what happened it was a filtering system because within a week you could t- people dropped out like you wouldn't buy wow. hmm. one guy couldn't handle it. you could do that you, you could drop could, out. of course you could do okay. that you just going and say I can't do this so okay. They would go and say, "I'm out," and boom, you're out. You can't handle it, you sissy, you little, bit. and they would go at it with you, right? And they would mentally mess with your head nonstop, right? But it was a great filtering process because you're asking yourself, do you want somebody that can't handle pressure, especially when it comes down to military, especially when it comes down to your protection of the country because imagine if there is a pressure type situation it doesn't matter whether you're in the front or you're in the you know you're doing what you're doing on the computer side and you don't necessarily have war we're not going with bayonets and we're not going with rifles and m16s because the war that we're playing today is not the same mm-hmm. however as much as we don't think the word that's being played today is from an office with technology and keyboards and all that other stuff Go ask any of the military guys today and find out how many people are still at a base that's got a lot of threat that they're still getting shot up at. Mm-hmm. Go find out and right now, go ask people who are right now being deployed to places that you still need to learn how to use an M16, that you still need to know, learn how to stay calm. So let me take it to a different angle, and then I'll, I know, Tom, you probably got a couple thoughts to say about this. So, you know, so that's, that's one part of it with the filtering system. Here's, here's the thing to be thinking about. So the main thing was... It's to uh, work with folks you know, to not increase anxiety and panic attacks and mental and emotional. What the hell do you think war is? Mm-hmm. What do you think military is? So let me ask you a different question now uh did you play sports i know you yes. do you were very athletic by the way if you guys didn't know tom's resume of sports is probably as good as his both of these guys have a great resume when it comes down to sports i don't have a resume for sports i have a resume for sports cards <laughs> okay. they play
2: i collect cards which is a uh, lot more lucrative these days than <laughs> yeah. being uh, the co-captain of my ymca so, team
0: so can you imagine football getting away with hell week
1: no, I played Division One football. <laughs> That's every day. But let me ask yeah. you a question: Two days, how, mu- day is how much,
0: how much mental and emotional torture did you get when you were going to Hell Week? No. How how bad was it, it was when back. they're
2: sk- okay? Yeah.
0: It was. You went to Miami, maybe it wasn't that bad when they're screaming at you. No, it's you. bad,
2: but I don't think it's like the army. You don't drill sergeants. You know.
0: No, they are not But by the way, even when I went '97, the hitting stuff is 40s and 50s. You mm-hmm. can't hit the uh, uh, soldiers. Sure. I don't think you should hit the soldiers. That's what they did years ago. Now. There is a program that you go to called Sears. It's like a 10-day school that you go to. They're teaching you how to be a prisoner of war. I believe till today, I can I can be corrected on this, if anybody's watching this, they're military, they have the ability to break small bones on you, okay? To release information. They're teaching you how to be a POW. They're, te- who, you sign up for that? Yeah, we- so you go to Sears school, and at yeah. Sears school, you're being trained how to be a prisoner of war if you're captured. Yeah. So you won't release information to the enemy. And they have the right to break small bones. Now, again, this may have changed in the last two yeah. decades. When I was, in, believe me, it's not for you. No. but Well, but, just so you
2: know something about me, I like my military people um, not captured. I think uh, yes, the, the heroes are the ones that are not captured. Oh. <laughs> that's a, that's a reference. Yeah. Okay. You know, Pat, if you were captured, I don't know if you're a hero Pat, anymore. I'm Adam, sorry. Adam good breaks, luck at Sears.
1: Adam breaks down as, if he good. has a bad
2: manicure. Yeah, I mean, how true. is he going to handle that? That's a that? good point. That's a
0: serious issue when that's you have a bad good. manicure. When you're a when you're leader of the Soyuz Mafia, you got to But gotta keep what between. happens is if you ever date an Armenian, it's a bad issue if she has a bad manicure. <laughs> which, which you're, you're, Great uh, reference yeah, right there. So it's a good weekend. So anyways, so going back to it, look, if, if Hell Week is needed for kids sometimes, mm-hmm. military, if you want these guys to go to war, they're going to be handling a weapon, I kind of want to filter you out. I would much rather filter you out and get you out of this place than keep you in. That's that's what my philosophy is. Yeah, probably.
1: I think if it's worked for that many years, I think you automatically question why you would get rid of it. But let me say this about... The new generation that's going into the military, I don't think they go into the military expecting to get into conflict, in, into warfare. I think they're looking at it as a potential career, as maybe a way to make some money, as maybe to put off a different career choice down the road. You
0: just brought up a great idea.
1: Yeah. So uh, they don't go in there. So I think it would be such a shock yeah. to them. I mean, look, at these types of people, these people that we're putting into the military right now, yeah. if someone offends them, they just try to get them canceled on social media. They don't know how to handle yeah. a drill sergeant or a Marine or an Army that's, corporal that's yelling in their face. That's pretty sad if you think about that. Yeah. It's that's totally sad. sad. It's very sad. But I think they – look, I, I think just you, you have to be nimble. You have to pivot a little bit. I think that's what the military is showing right now. If it's not working, I'm sure they'll go right back to it pretty soon. They're probably going to really test this new thing and see, you know, how these soldiers so are turning out problem, when they get though, done. problem, though,
0: if you go that route. It's, it's, wow. Remember this. It's just like, remember this. The softer you get, it's harder – okay. When we started my own uh, – the PHP insurance company, yeah. here's what I did. Our compensation structure was very difficult, and I kept it that way at the beginning. Here's why. There was a lot of guys that started their own company, and they would say, we give away 100% contract. We give away 110% contract. We give away 90% contract. The moment you go there, if that doesn't work, guess what you can never do? Guess what you can never do?
2: give them more comp no I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: you can never go down mm-hmm. you can right. never go and say okay you know what this 110 percent didn't work we got to go back to 75 you can, you're done mm-hmm. yeah. everybody leaves you so you lose 90 because you taught your people what 110 percent contract you taught them 100 percent contract your comp structure was set up that way versus if you're here you can always go where you can always you can go, go up and, yeah. and be creative with this so as a family as a parent you can start off here and you can always go here. If you start here with a family right. as parenting and you're soft from the beginning, try getting your kids to be tough at 14 years old. It's too late, you're done. You cannot do that. Mm. Culturally, you've officially, for those two years that you went soft, you develop weak sergeants. Those weak sergeants are going to pass down their weak tendencies, and leadership abilities to their generation and their squadron and their you know, platoon. You have a problem, you're going there. So l- let me take it a different angle what mm. you took. You made one good point that I think we can unpack this. When you go into the Army, there's basic training, there's AIT, okay? Basic training is what? It's what all of us do. AIT is uh, 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 advanced individual training, which is you want to be a communication specialist, you go to Fort whatever- to train uh, uh, for being a communication specialist. Mm-hmm. You want to be an infantry, you go to Fort Benning or you go to Fort Leonard Wood. If you want to be a Hummer mechanic, you go to Fort Jackson for your AIT. If you want to be a you know, truck driver or whatever, you go maybe Fort Knox. There's so many different units that you go to for different trainings. I do believe that if I'm doing MI, I may not need the kind of boot camp that somebody else is going to need that could be potentially in a uh, war type of a situation. I do believe that. So if somebody is scoring higher on their ASVAB and their job that they're getting, do they necessarily need to go through the same boot camp as a person that wants to be an infantryman? I don't think so. But Tom, if you are going to be an infantryman, if you are going to be a mechanic that you're going to be in war fixing the trucks, if you are going to be a tank guy or tank, you, buddy, if you're in a tank and you're getting hit up, and you panic, right. you you cost five people's lives. You know, everybody else dies. So it's easy to say that when we're kind of just seeing it from the other lens. But when you're in it, like I remember when one time we're going through a practice uh, drill that we had, and it was the last drill that we had that we're getting shot right above us late mm-hmm. at night where you have to be able to know how to handle it. Dude, not everybody could handle it. And, and you're like, listen, yeah. I tell you, I don't. Uh, you would sit next to a guy who would say, John, I don't know if this is for you, bro. I honestly think- After the drill. Oh, you would say, I don't know if this is for you. I go to a restaurant. Mario will remember this. We're in Boston. We go to this oyster place. This hostess comes out bossing us around. You know what I said to her? I said, sweetheart, I got to tell you something. We're going to leave. We're not going to come here because your service sucks. I said, you may be a better person working in a bank doing accounting than being a hostess. You just suck as a hostess. This doesn't mean you're going to suck at everything. Mm -hmm. We just suck as a what? As a hostess, okay? Teachers tweeted something a couple of days ago. I said, great teachers deserve a massive raise. Good teachers are getting paid very well today based on just being a good teacher. I said, bad teachers need to be fired immediately and encouraged to change industries. Hmm. I lost a few hundred followers. How could you say something like this? I mean it. Mm-hmm. Some people are just not meant to be teachers, just like some people are not meant to be what? Soldiers in the military.
1: So this has to scare you a little bit if you're thinking that this is the direction the military is taking.
0: It it scares me, but I think they're taking the wrong direction. I think they got to do a better job screening people that they go in versus like if if you're screening me and if I've ever taken any kind of mental, you know, if I've ever taken any kind of a a Prozac, if I've taken things like that, maybe military is not for you. If I've had anxiety attacks and a streak of panic attacks. I, I don't think this is for you. Let's encourage you to go to a different direction. But if you're somebody that you came out, you were athletic, you're a tough guy, and you know you maybe didn't have the grades to go in your school, you're, you were a good athlete, but you were not a great athlete to get a scholarship, guess what? Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. Let's have you come in here. So I think the screening is the problem.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there could be some residual problems for some of these recruits too because a lot of these – Sergeants, corporals, the ones that were doing the barking during the shark attack, I mean, that's a rite of passage, right? If you go through that, they're going to be a little ticked off if these guys are getting off easy. You, maybe there's some other hazing that goes on for some of these recruits away from the shark attack or maybe later at night. Don't you think some of these old-school military instructors that are all over you generally in training camp are yeah. still going to want to get in your grill? Of course they are. Yeah,
0: Of course they are. Look at Look at the NBA, what they do. Look at what happens with the rookie players that come in. You have to, hey – Hey, carry the thing. Hey, do this. You know, you got to kind of do that stuff. But in the military, it's worse. The difference today, like when I was in, there was no social media. I can only imagine imagine if social media was there when I was in. There is no social media today. I'm willing to bet the barracks probably have have more cameras today than they did when we were in. I'm willing to bet the level of scrutiny. It has got to be very, very hard right now to be a drill. I probably wouldn't want to be a drill sergeant right now. Sure. I probably wouldn't want to trouble? be a drill sergeant Meaning right now. You everything's on camera? What yeah. for? What's yeah. the benefit of it? Mm-hmm. What benefit do you have? Yeah. You offended me. Right. So so every time I'm trying to challenge you or giving you, yeah. or pushing you, I have to have somebody with me. What? I don't have that many people. There's 60 of you per unit. There's only two of us or three drill sergeants per unit. How am I going to be able to talk to you with somebody always being there for yeah. me? Because if they come back and say, he said this, he touched me here. Right. It's such a weird yeah. time you're living in today. I would hate to be a drill. Probably the worst job to have right in the military is being a drill sergeant.
1: You know, that, that's a real talent, though, to be a drill sergeant, to be that creative in your verbal abuse. Right? Get in their face and just screaming. I, I yeah, it's like a stand-up have, comedian. Yeah. Uh, they all
2: have different ways. Yeah, They all had different ways. I got a question for you because you, you told us a story one time about the biggest, toughest guy. He was the the, the biggest guy in your unit. And you told a story. You were doing the army yeah. crawl under yep. the barbed wire and there yep. bullets going on. Here, and this guy uh, panicked, freaked yep. out. And he quit. I remember that story. Yeah, of course. And you kind of brought that up. So here's my question. Dude. It's a two-part question. What is the most important trait for a soldier? Is it mental, physical, emotional, you, you gotta physiological? Love to me, you got to love yeah. America.
0: My number one, if I'm recruiting, is yeah. you gotta love America. Like, if I'm recruiting you to be a soldier, mm-hmm. I'm not asking you, why are you joining? Because uh, I need the scholarship. That's not my number one. My number one is, tell me how you feel about America. Well, let's face it, America kind of sucks, but no. Tell me how you feel about America. Yeah. You gotta love America. That's numero uno. To me, Yeah, 100%, you gotta okay. love America. Keep going down the list. Okay, if the next one is, you have to be uh, somewhat in shape, not mm-hmm. necessarily incredibly in shape, but you gotta be somewhat Cause in shape. Because they'll get your ass in shape. It, but you, you're better off if you get somebody in shape because if somebody is generally out of shape, they will end up being out of shape. Like mm. you're eventually going to uh, re- lean on your habits. So gotcha. if you're already coming to me and you're looking like this, you're looking like this, I'm like, okay, come on in, guys. Let's go do something together. Uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, you know, it's not a lot of things that uh, uh, we can test right there up front. Maybe you can ask like 30 questions. We can get a lot of data. Nowadays, there's a lot of good tests you can mm-hmm. ask. To get the right question challenges sometimes people look past it because recruiters need to hit numbers so the pressure Mm -hmm. that recruiters have to hit numbers it's so bad right like imagine a real estate job imagine the kind of job you got where there's so much scrutiny to hit your numbers yeah recruiters are getting anybody in just because they got to hit their numbers so all of this happens with the pressure that's there for recruiters to recruit people into military this is not something where you you know the whole saying uh, uh quantity brings quality not in the military you got to kind of change it up a little bit in the military i would change the testing i would ask a lot of questions mental emotional okay. tell me about your parents tell me about your mom tell me about your dad let's look at your records what have you done i'm going to go through how what's the challenge what's the toughest thing you overcame because you're going to have to you're going to have to be careful with that when you're going through it
2: so what's your advice to young people considering joining the army the military the navy the best like- decision i ever made wow
0: uh, aside from, you know, in my 20s, 30s, forget that, go to my teens, best decision I ever made in my life is joining the Army, ever. It's not even close. I can't, there's, a, there's not even a close second. There's not even a close second, okay? Uh, but best decision I ever made uh, as an 18-year-old was joining the Army. Now, here's why I say the best decision I ever made. Right. I had a 1.8 GPA in high school. I was all over the place. I was great in math. But every other subject I could care less, uh, you know, because the teachers were just, you know, regular public school teachers who were just like, Patrick, you're not going to amount to nothing. Let's face it. Your grades are not that good. You know, you just got to figure out a way to go get a job. I think that's the route for you. You're not heading in the right direction. Miss K would never encourage, like, where are you going to go? So I'm like, listen. And then there was way too many problems where I was at in Glendale. Way too many of my friends were going in a bad direction. Drugs, all this stuff like, you know what, I'm just gonna go in the army. One day I decided to leave and I left to the army. Best decision I made. So for
2: someone who's a little lost, because it sounded like you were, didn't have a clear direction yeah. of where you wanted to go in your life. You weren't going to college with a no, 1.8. No, You weren't an entrepreneur yet. They probably couldn't even spell entrepreneur at that point in your definitely life. Definitely couldn't spell entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Now you can definitely spell yeah. it. It's uh, a little tricky, but I can spell <laughs> it. It's the E. <laughs> it's the just you It's like an entree. It's an R- R- entree. But for someone who's a little lost, a little confused, doesn't have uh, lax direction, sure. that's why it's the best decision of your life. You're not necessarily condoning Remember, that someone who can go tell- to college drop out I'm not, out and I'm do not that.
0: saying to everybody. Right, I'm for not you. saying to everybody. But for Patrick Bedavid, mm-hmm. it was the best decision I made yeah, in my life. I don't say it across the board. Like, yeah. look, look, let's look at Dash. Is mm-hmm. it the best decision for Dash to go join the military? I wouldn't say so. Why? Parents are married, they're together, they're happy, good father, good mother, that they're happy, mm-hmm. right? So he is in a happy situation, okay? You know, would Dash benefit from going to the military? Maybe. If I'm an advisor to Dash, would I say, Dash, go join the military? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I would tell Dash, you got better options than go. I had to. My parents were divorced. It was mayhem. I was in a bad environment. I was not in a good place. I wouldn't have the right association. I didn't have a right mentor. I didn't have anybody giving me real feedback at that time. I just kind of needed to get the right. hell away for somebody to set me straight, and that's what happened to me.
1: That's a good option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, one headline I haven't seen lately, correct me if I'm wrong here, China and Russia are getting rid of their shark attack. Pop- our enemies are probably looking at this and laughing. Right, soft America. Did you say they are? No, no, they're not. I'm saying that's one headline you're not reading. We're reading about the U.S. military doing this, but you're certainly not seeing our enemies. By
0: the way, just so you guys know, (laughs) when I saw this, I thought it was Onion. I thought it was one of those Onion or what is the other one, the the B something? Yeah, Babylon B. Babylon B. I thought it was a joke when I read it. And then I looked at at other articles. I'm like, no, this is actually not a joke. I texted you on
1: Sunday, right, when we're talking about it. Yeah. That had to be a tough sell, I would imagine, for— Going down the chain of command for the people that are on the ground, the, the sergeants, the drill sergeants that are down there, you know, at Fort Benning, getting in these guys grilled when they get off the bus. But you know what the problem is? L- let me
0: let me go to a different direction with this. And here's what the problem is. When grandparents start making decisions for you, it's not always the best decisions. OK, hmm. L- let me explain what why say grandparents start making decisions for you. It's not the best decision. So you know how like the other day I was talking to Moral and Tigran, OK. And they were an L.A. visiting family. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Beckin and the Kashishian family. Love those guys. They're, they're like family to us. Anyone, of their families can come and stay at, the, at our place. We love those guys. So I'm talking to T. He's doing the Zoom. I'm like, T. are things? says, dude, I just got to tell you, man, these guys are giving the kids chocolate nonstop and ice cream and all this stuff. It's, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. It's, it's 12 o'clock my time, 9 right. o'clock in the morning his time. Daniel, you know what Daniel walks in with? Love Daniel. He walks in with him with an ice cream. He's like, "What are you doing?" He says, "I'm <laughs> eating ice cream." Right, <laughs> and it's at nine a.m. The yeah. kids have an ice cream. Okay, so when you see that, what do you say? What do you say? It's First of vacation. all, it's, it's, no, but you say vacation. You say grandparents. Yeah. You say you know all this other stuff. But what sucks is grandparents just officially made it hard when p- parents come back, mm-hmm. the kids are always going to compare the parents to who? to grandparents. Gonna say, yeah. Grandpa gave me ice cream. You don't love me as much as grandma loves me. What do you say to that? <laughs> do you sit there and say, do you see the ingredients here with sugar and what's going to happen if you too much ice cream ever since? Kids not going to yeah, understand no, no. that part. So grandparents are making decisions <laughs> for the military soldiers of today you're undermining the current drill sergeants who are actually doing the tough job of right. today. You were never a drill sergeant during a social media time. They were. Mm-hmm. You're making their life yeah. hard. The people that need to make these decisions are people that are drill sergeants today who are going through it today. Sometimes, now don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, listen, grandparents, I'm, here's not a negative thing I'm talking about with grandparents and grandmas. I think the role grandparents play, like when you're disciplining your kid, it's good when your father comes around and says, hey, listen, just be easy on it, man. Mm-hmm. Be a little bit easy on them. I think parents need to hear that from grandparents. Be a little easy on them. I remember mm-hmm. I was a little tough on you. You're not going to like it sometimes because mm-hmm. your, your sure. son is only six years old. Enjoy the time with him. But still, the yeah. father can come to a grandpa and say, listen, dude, the reason why your son is doing well in life is because you were tough on me. Why are mm-hmm. we taking that opportunity away from, our, from my son? Let's give him the same thing you gave me, a taste of the same medicine that worked with me. So I think that's the biggest battle that we're facing yeah. with some like mm-hmm.
2: this. Shout out to my grandma watching the podcast. Shout out to... Uh, all the grandparents Pop, out there. Pops is watching. That, Pops that is officially in Florida. Yeah, your dad. He dad. just moved All permanently right. to I, Florida. I, I don't know why I'm so excited. I'm like, <laughs> I was excited, but now I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah, congratulations. He, he was he the, at the house. The OG
2: house. GBD yes. in FLA. We're excited to have he him, him here. He is so happy, man. Does that he mean so we happy. might see him on the podcast? Ooh. Okay, we. you just got him
0: panicking right now at the house. <laughs> he's officially panicking. He's, he's not a fan of social media. Gabriel is he's sending not... you to be on the podcast. What was the one okay. time
2: that you, you were? I did an
0: Instagram story. We yes. tried 40 times for one hour. Finally, we got it on. Mario got on the phone with him. He helped yes. him, and, and we asked him a bunch of questions. I think we will invite him one of these days I'd to do some kind that. of a thing with him. Okay, all right, so that's that. All right, we spent a lot of time with that. FYI, FYI. Do you agree with the Shark Tank making it softer? If yes, smash the thumbs up button. Okay? If you say, no, if you say, I do want it to get softer, smash the thumbs down button. If you say, no, let's keep it tougher because to get these people mentally tough, smash the thumbs up button. I'm really curious on what you think about it. Right now, we're at 97.2. Let's see what's going to happen with that number. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think people are going to want to see that happen. But again, we're going to see what takes place with this. Let's go to Amazon, Twitter, war. Uh, which, Kai, it kind of has to do with both. You put them on separate pages. I'm going to try to do this with page two and page four. So on one end, Amazon right now, uh, union vote is bigger than Amazon, okay? Why the Amazon union vote is bigger than Amazon, the Verge article says. For the last seven weeks, workers at the Amazon warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama, have been voting by mail on whether to unionize. If the union wins, the warehouse employees would become the first members of Amazon's U.S. workforce to unionize a momentous event at a company that has long aggressively resisted labor organizing and that one that could be the first step toward improving conditions at the country's second largest employer employees say Amazon's demanding and automatically enforced productivity metrics average rate at the workers perform a task okay productivity metrics makes work grueling stressful and dehumanizing Amazon tracks two metrics the average rate at which workers perform a task called tact time and how much time they spend not scanning items called time off task. If workers fail to maintain a fast pace, they get reprimanded or fired. Amazon's the second largest employer with eight hundred thousand employees, six thousand warehouse employees. Tom thoughts
1: You know, isn't that interesting? We're talking about the military going softer on their recruits, and here in Amazon, what a great point! You know, it, it's it's everywhere in this country. It's unbelievable. This is a <laughs> this is the probably the one and only thing that keeps Jeff Bezos up at night because is this going to be a domino effect if one of them unionizes? And it's the last thing that they could possibly want. Now, the people that are pushing pro union, and man, this thing's if you really follow this, just the. The, the marketing and the advertising on both sides, because there's a lot of these employees that don't want to unionize. They're going to have to pay dues, right? And some of the things that Amazon offers that you would think a union would eventually get for you, $15 to start and automatic benefits right as soon as you start. So if it's such a horrible place to work, why do they employ so many people? How come more people aren't quitting or just not going for the job? Um, the, the vote's not – we're not going to know until the very end of the week. And the other thing that they keep trying to push is some of these weird stories about how employees can't take a bathroom break and they have to pee in a water bottle. I don't believe that. I think that's a bunch of BS. I don't think that is happening. It may have happened one time, and they take it and run with it. You know, I worked for UPS for one summer when I was in high school. That was one tough job and it was in the union that was unionized at the time i wasn't in the union but i could just sense that whole union attitude right and some of my tv jobs the stations was unionized so it's a totally different world this is so anti bezos anti amazon i think it will be a complete disaster if the union vote passes you know when i was at the tv station like you couldn't edit a story at a certain time if the editor was on break You know, all these mandated break times they had to take or a smoke break or you couldn't do this. You couldn't you couldn't put something on the set because someone on the union had to actually put that piece of paper or hand you a pen. So I personally I don't think it's going to pass. I think Amazon is too powerful. There's no way they're going to allow this. This is just going to be a huge Pandora's box that would open if it did pass. So it's something to really keep an eye on. And I think we might know by the end of the week how this thing goes.
2: So let me give you a different perspective on our on here our we friend go. Amazon here. here so we go. Um, I actually went down a rabbit hole of research to figure out like why do people join unions? What are the pros? What are the cons? What's going on? Who's back in the unions? Yep. Who's not back? back in the unions? And if I'm looking at this and I'm an ala freaking bama and I'm thinking should I be a part of a union? Should I not be a part of the union? What are the pros? What are the cons? All right, cool. So what are the cons? All right, there's costs, there's dues that we talked about. You got to have you got to put in time and you got to be a part of this union. You got to be part of activities. All right, cool. What are the pros? Well, first and foremost, if you're a member of a union, you make uh, a non-members non- uh, of a union make 82% of what a union members make. Okay. 82%. When it comes to retirement and planning for retirement, if you're a part of a labor union, 93% have retirement benefits versus 64% versus non-union. Okay. So the math is like, all right, looking like a, a union would be good. Let's not forget, what is about 100 years ago when the- um, Ford. When Ford and, and the Industrial Revolution was coming yep. to America and everything, working conditions were ridiculous. You were working 15-hour days. They had no- Let's not compare the two. The average, work, uh, the average hours we worked in
0: that time was 69 hours a week. Okay, that's, that's, yeah, we're, we're at 37, 38 hours a week right now.
2: All right. Really? Uh, it's less not than even,
0: 40? We're working less than no. 40 hours a okay.
2: week. Okay. We, and we're going less with it. We're working from home. Oh, we're, work, we're,
0: we're You cannot even compare the two together, but good. I get what you're doing. Good. Good. It going. was a disaster. I agree. I don't Kai's, disagree with that. Kai is yeah. figuring
2: out a way to how to do a four-hour work week every single day. He's reading that book. But uh, when it comes to, to sick leave, maternity leave, hourly wages, benefits, retirement packages, yeah. pensions... There's a lot of pros being a part of a union. I think that they're going to actually come to their senses in Ala freaking Bama and vote to become a part of the union. And here's the biggest thing. Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. Okay. Okay. Amazon has a what? Million and A, a, tr- a trillion and a half market cap? If sure. not true, $2 trillion approaching? Sure. These workers are... Making Amazon the wealthiest company potentially in the history of the universe. Certainly, Jeff Bezos. The workers are. The workers are.
0: Oh, it's not. It's not the the vision of the. Of Amazon course, it is. And the, but and the idea my, that he created these Thank jobs. you, thank Got you for it. setting
2: me up. There's enough money to go around. That who
0: dictates the that? workers
2: who dictates can get that? their that? fair share? Who dictates Bernie that? Sosnick over here? Okay, does. That's so, right. so,
0: so are you so that's Bernie Sanders' argument, right? So I'm not so, saying that's Bernie, wait Sa- a minute. I'm stating you, facts you, here. You, okay, you're, you're, you're stating facts, no problem. How about this? How about the fact that Bernie Sanders pays where's Bernie Sanders at? What state is he at? He's New in in Vermont. Hampshire, Vermont. Vermont, Vermont. Vermont right? What's, <laughs> what's Hampshire. Vermont's minimum wage? 1175. <laughs> And it's on its way up. No, 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 no. I don't think you heard what I just said. Yeah. Vermont <laughs> yes. is at 11.75, and Amazon's at 15 bucks. Okay. Who the hell are you to tell others what to do when you ain't doing it to your own state? I, the, the hourly wage is like the no, most. No, you didn't hear what I just. said. No no, no, no. What I'm trying to say to you is all the unfair bullshit that's being thrown around is being thrown around by a guy that doesn't even pay his people what the minimum wage is imposing on others. This is the biggest hypocrite in America today. You want him to pay 15 bucks? He's doing it. You're doing eleven seventy five at, at at Vermont. Who the hell are you? I'm sorry, where's the scrutiny with you? Answer that damn question. But what does Bernie have to do with because this? Because this is all started by Bernie. Yeah, all of this war. is Bernie. Mm-hmm. All of the union is Bernie. Everything about this Listen, is Bernie. I don't now, know. Let me, let I don't me. know why you're so heated. I'm feeling the burn right no, now. Okay? No, I'm I'm not heated at you. I'm heated <laughs> know, at Bernie. I know, I know, I'm know, not know, heated yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah, you're yeah, not obviously, you're, you're, obviously. what I'm trying to tell you is the following. So I look, just wanted to say let, feel the burn. Let me let me give let me give the feeling about this with Bezos. This is Bezos's problem. Let's identify Bezos. Mm -hmm. Bezos votes Democrat with the government, but Republican with the way he runs his company. Make up your damn mind, Bezos, who you are, okay? Are you a Democrat or Republican? Or is it just you vote the way that goes into your pocket and regulation? Here's the other part you gotta be thinking Mm -hmm. about. Do you know who is the vice president of global affairs? for amazon do you know who it is Is
2: that dj jazzy jeff do no no do jazzy you,
0: do you actually know who it is no 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 no, no, no. do you know who this is 2015 do you know a guy named jane carney who's jay carney From who's the
2: carney uh, who's who jay
0: it? carney can you pull up who jay carney is you're about to flip out pull up who jay carney is okay you're about to flip out who jay carney is the moment i pull it up look at the reaction with the face who is jay carney Oh, images. he was the
2: former uh, He is the secretary. former yeah, press yeah, secretary yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. to Barack Obama, but he has guy. now been the VP. Hint- Click on images? his Wikipedia. Click on his Wikipedia. Everybody knows who this guy is. Look at the last sentence at the top. Go all the way to the top where you were at. Last sentence. Carney has been senior vice president of global coronavirus on Amazon since March 2015. He oversees public policy and public relations for Amazon, business around the world, and reports as CEO and founder Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos. This guy reported to Obama. Now he reports to Jeff Bezos. Regulation. So let me get this straight, Bezos. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? So, pull so up so images? Th- so the challenge for the people that don't know who this guy is, this guy was on TV every single day. You know that yeah. face under yeah. Obama. So Biden, uh, Bezos goes and hires him. So this is not just a level of accountability to one side and not the other side. If you think about what Bezos is doing, as you start making more money, mm-hmm. the problem becomes the following. Here's the problem. I'm, uh, I'm leading these different uh, groups. These CEOs are asking me to do these groups because they want some kind of an advisory board. So I'll sit down and I'll go through, and the small groups we do are elite monthly webinar. They're 90 minutes with me. It's only seven. I do one one that's a bigger one, but I do these others that is only seven of them and I sit on their board. Great. And we process issues together. We just kind of go through and we process issues together. What do you do with this? What do you do with that? What direction do we go with this? How about this? How about that? One of the guys I was talking to, he had bad relationship with his employees. And he kept having bad relationships with his employees. And I said, let me ask you a question. Why do you have such a bad relationship with, with your employees yourself? Why do you keep having these problems? I said, how often do you even go and talk to them and ask them about their dreams? How often do you go speak to your people on your team? How often do they see you? Oh, no, that's not what I do. That's somebody else's job. I said, okay. You ever read the book, Lincoln on Leadership? No. I gave the incitement of him reading Mm -hmm. Lincoln on Leadership. You know what's one of the rules on Lincoln on Leadership? Mm -hmm. Circulate amongst your troops. Something both Bezos and Biden would benefit with. Biden and Kamala Harris still haven't gone to the border for what? I have no idea why they haven't gone to the border. You're giving your opinion on what should happen without you going and taking the lead because you don't want to go out there. Why are you not I go going out? there? Trump would have been out there in a heartbeat. Clinton would have been out there in a heartbeat. These guys would have been out there in a heartbeat. How come you're not out? Bush went tonight in a heartbeat. How come you're not out there? How come you're not going looking at this? Bezos, how come you're not going out there and finding out the pain that they're going through? Realize this as you become bigger. A lot of times the challenge, and I've seen this with folks who you go from, you know, 50,000 to six figures. You know, the six-figure guy cannot have the same kind of relationship. Then you go to a quarter million, a half a million, a million, all this other stuff. Then you like, let me tell you who I am. So you can't have the regular conversations, right? One of the biggest things when my friends call me from 20 years ago, they say, dude, you still joke. I'm like, dude, I'm just richer. That's the only difference. Yeah. I'm still the same. Guy, I've just read 2,000 more books. My mind is a little bit more different. I'm not as naive as I was as an 18-year-old kid, but I still like jokes. I still like a good prank. Mm -hmm. Bezos has to realize, pay your guys fairly, okay? Go give the benefit program. If they're asking for retirement, give it to them. Set some criteria. Say we don't do it if you've been here for 90 days or six months. Create a criteria. FYI. If union gets involved with Amazon, you know who takes the biggest pain? Customers. Customers. Yeah, That's the, who does. Yeah, the stuff's not showing so, up the next yeah, day. Yeah, so, so it's like, oh, okay, sorry, we'll get to it next day. Yeah. And like, dude, why are you, ta- you ever talk to some company employees? Like the other day I'm on the phone with this bank. Uh, uh, it's a big bank. I wish I could say the name. I don't know what the bank, U.S. Bank. And this one lady, I'm like, ma'am, I'm asking you basic questions. Why can't you ask, answer these questions? You know what, sir, I really don't have time for this. Jen sitting right next to me. Hang up. She hung up on you? I call back. I'm like, did you guys record who I spoke to last? No, we don't have that. So how is that person held accountable? Yeah. The, the accountability goes away, and people can get away without giving the right customer service. Then that spreads. I just talked about it right now. It's customer. I deal with it as a company that I have to get these, hey, this person said this about you. Well, maybe we ought to get better at customer service. Maybe we ought to figure out a way to get better at this stuff. Maybe we ought to pay a little bit more attention. Maybe we ought to make that additional phone call. They say you don't have time to call until Monday. Call the person, hear them out. Why are they upset at you? What did you do? Maybe we did something wrong. This whole thing about wrote a letter, a 3,200-word letter to my, uh, one of the people. You and I were talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I said? I said, as a school gets bigger, I hope you guys are not an elitist organization where it's an honor for others to work for your company versus it is an honor to have people who are willing to say yes to work with your company. I understand what it is for me to have a resume where I say I worked at Netflix. I worked at Amazon. There's a certain prestige to it. But guess what? People have 50 other places they can work at as well and they chose to work with you. So there's a balance here that's going on that Bezos has to sit there and realize, brother, just give benefits with criteria and and good kudos to him for giving $15 minimum with something our legendary socialist uh, guy who loves Russia and Vermont hasn't been able to yeah. do it. He's been there for how many years? 40 years? Yeah. You can't even raise a minimum wage from eleven seventy-five 75 to 15 bucks, and you're bashing everybody else? Good for uh, Bezos. Bezos goes a little bit more. Take all this stuff out. But he ain't playing around. He's got the right people in his corner to want to fight against all these things that people are doing, right. especially a guy like Jay Carney.
2: Why would Bezos be so anti-union? Why wouldn't he concede a little <sighs> bit? Adam, said, it's not.
0: I didn't say everything I said was do it without union. Union will union will change the culture of amazon it yeah. will be felt yeah.
1: you know here's the other problem that, will that be that's felt. happening right now is there's going to be such a feeling of division inside those um fulfillment centers and throughout the whole company I can only imagine you know it's an us versus them mentality in there and then you got pro union workers it's almost like republican democrat it's probably this a cancer that's starting amongst the rank and file of Amazon that's going to be a huge huge problem for him and you know I I do I mean there's no way you could identify what Bezos really believes he owns the Washington Post right you'd think the Washington Post would be front and center trying to get this this place unionized and having huge stories about that all the time and and that's true too everybody that's saying that they should unionize this and that are the same people that want those packages delivered the very next day right so you can't have it both ways and i am not convinced that union officials truly have the best interests in mind of those factory workers or or people that you know drive the forklift or the or the drivers here's the other thing too Compare, you constantly see Amazon vans out there, right? I mean, this is such a phenomenon that wasn't there two, three years ago. Right. The Amazon vans are everywhere. How else would the packages arrive? These guys, to me, now this is just my observation, they never seem stressed. They, they're, they're, they have a sense of urgency, but I'm not seeing these guys looking like they're all frazzled or anything like that. And, and maybe there's some Amazon drivers that are watching this and can tell me something else. Sometimes I see FedEx guys, and they seem a little bit more nervous you know not under control or same thing with ups i'm not seeing this from these amazon employees and if it's so horrible why don't they quit something's keeping them there probably that's that starting wage of 15 bucks and the benefits the benefits is the big hook for amazon and they make that available for everybody on their very first day bezos is going to win this he wins everything there's no way that place is going to unionize
0: you don't think that, no. that place is going to unionize? i don't think
1: so i don't think they'll be successful
0: Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with you uh, uh, there because uh, the the last uh, decade has been a streak of a lot of great ideas not winning. The last decade has been a streak of a lot of bad ideas winning. The last decade has been a streak of a lot of uh, 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 anybody that cries me a river has been winning. Uh, uh, A lot of people that should have performed and had a job lost. There's no, a a guy comes out with a shoe that's got a blood in it confirmed with NBC that there is the employee's blood in right. the shoe. Right. Little Nas X, this shoe that he yeah. comes out and called Luke ten eighteen out right. of the Bible scripture that he uses, that shoe doesn't get canceled. Right. But a guy who gives his opinion on Merkel gets canceled. Yeah. Uh, 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 Pierce Morgan gets canceled. Kevin Hart gets canceled. All these other people, just because they have an opinion, yeah. they get canceled. And all these other bad ideas, unfortunately, are not yeah. getting canceled. People have to wake up and yeah. realize that this cancel culture is canceling the wrong things. Yeah. And if I'm a betting man, if I'm a betting man, who do you think wins? You think Bezos, Carney, and the trillion-dollar, two-trillion-dollar company wins? Or do you think AOC, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Elam Omar? Or you, think, you think those guys, who do you think, Elizabeth Warren, who do you think is going to end up winning in a situation? like You know, Bernie went to Alabama and sat down. One of the things, you got to applaud Bernie. Here's the yeah. one thing that Bernie does that bite. The thing that I respect more about Bernie Take Bernie's philosophies yeah. out. Take Bernie's, all of his philosophies out. Take all of my philosophies out. I have more respect for Bernie's dogfight than Biden's dogfight.
1: Because you know what you're getting from him. And Bernie you know is. is a yeah.
0: fighter. Yeah. But how old is Bernie? How old is Bernie today? Can you actually pull up Bernie's age versus Biden? I'm actually curious to maybe? know. How old is Bernie Sanders?
1: I'm going with 78. Are you saying that he he went to Alabama? He went to Alabama. He may have just gone out to his porch to get the newspaper and got lost and ended up in Alabama. The point is a
0: 79-year-old man went to Alabama, but a 78-year-old president cannot go to the border to see what's happening over there. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got to give respect, but you also cannot undermine the fact that these guys got power today. Yeah, do, Bezos do, cannot sit there saying, "Oh, they're going to win this no matter what," because he's Bezos. Two, I don't think that's two, the case.
1: Two things. Let's look. At some point, we don't have to do it now. But I wonder what Bernie's net worth is. That guy sells a lot of books. He's not poor. Okay, he's probably yeah, he's a millionaire. Definitely not poor. And okay, well, he better
2: be a freaking millionaire. You know, Seventy-nine years old. Okay. And last make thing, make fifty grand for the here's last a, here's 40, a prediction, forty years. And here's why I think I, I, would, I would have I, I would have more respect with him if he if he's a multi millionaire versus if he was still poor okay like so you're 79 years old save your damn money what have, are you talking about i have
1: no respect for him at all
2: hey 5000 he employees 5000 employees in alabama
1: right what's stopping amazon to going to 2600 of them and paying them money to vote no on the union i they've been working on this thing for you can't months do that. You and can't. i but could you still do it
0: <laughs> you, no you could do yeah. it but if you do that yeah. then the media wins cuz they're going to say look exactly what they did it would be a big old... Uh, uh, publicity stunt, they would get destroyed if they did that. But covertly,
1: covertly. Somehow subtly implied.
0: Amazon can officially not do anything covertly. Amazon can no longer do nothing covertly, period. You are, you got, the lenses like this. Mm -hmm. All eyes on Amazon. Scrutiny. We talked about it it yesterday. At the highest
2: level. Okay. hey, what if they're using the Dominion voting system? Then, Uh, who knows? That worked out really well for all the people that came out uh, accusing Dominion. Sidney Powell's got a billion dollar lawsuit on her hands. She came out and she said that, why would anyone believe me? Why would anyone believe what I had to say? That was her defense. I think. <coughs> her, her defense. Yeah. Anyways, I mean,
0: Ridiculous. look, if you're listening to this, you know, you, you guys, a bunch of comments have come up. We haven't even looked at it. So I'm sure there's been a bunch of you guys commenting. What, what are your thoughts about this whole issue with Amazon? I know you've been commenting here left and right. Uh, uh, how do you think this should be handled? Comment below. I'm very curious. Okay, let's continue going through this. Ray Dalio, okay? Mm-hmm. Ray Dalio, page three. Ray Dalio talks about. Uh, A story comes out uh, by Business Insider. Halfway there, billionaire investor Ray Dalio sounds the alarm on a stock bubble that he says is quickly approaching dot-com proportions. For the legendary investor Ray Dalio, current stock market valuations can largely be traced to two things, high liquidity and low interest rates, which I fully agree with. Totally The fiscal and monetary stimulus measures from the federal government and the Federal Reserve over the past year in response to COVID-19 are propping propping up valuations and encouraging investors to dive up shares prices as they look for yield. But a third uh, ingredient, investor behavior, is also contributing to the bubble forming in stocks right now, according to Dalio. He also said his calculations told him we're halfway to the levels of some historic bubbles and that investors ought to be wary of weak returns in stocks going forward. By measures, the bubble is not of what it was in 2000 and not what it was in 1929,
1: but it's kind of like halfway there. Mm-hmm. Tom. Gee, why would I not believe this guy? He started a hedge fund at the age of 26. He's worth $20 billion, and he had the biggest hedge fund at one time. Where does What's the value for him for saying something if there wasn't some evidence? And this guy knows what he's looking for. I believe him. I believe him. I think the signs are there. Look, tomorrow here's one thing we all can look forward to. A $3 trillion tax plan that Biden's going to unleash on America. It's coming tomorrow. All the details. Higher taxes is going to be another fuel for this whole thing for a stock market crash. It's coming. I mean, I believe Ray Dalio. I mean, he's got a 40, 35-year track record of knowing what he's doing and, and, and predicting the markets. I totally see this happening.
2: So what happens if there is a bubble? What actually happens? So, I mean, I fully agree with what he's saying that obviously there's high liquidity and low interest rates. And the third factor, he said, was investor behavior. Okay, cool. So if there is a bubble, was uh, what's going to happen when this bubble pops? I mean, the bubble popped. We had a 10-year bull run, 12-year bull run going on between 2008. So great question
0: you're asking Okay, so what's, what, Go, what are I'm we curious. talking about? Are you yeah. going to say something? No, to, I'm like, saying I'm, I'm, I'm
2: walking through this process yeah. right now. All right, so the bubble popped in 2020. And then what happened? It bounced right back. Okay, so what happens this time? So it, anything to do with investing has to do with your risk tolerance, with your asset allocation and with your age. So if you're young, if you're in your twenties and thirties, there's a bubble. All right, cool. Look forward to the bubble and buy low buy the dip and just get your investment game on. All right. If you're older and you're a retiree, hopefully you've changed your asset allocation into freaking 70, 80% bonds yeah. and limit your exposure into stocks. Is there a bubble coming? Sure. should you be freaking out? No, you should have a plan to adjust. So, Oh, so you got to understand that. Some people
0: should be freaking out. Some people should be freaking out. You Mm -hmm. don't think? You may not freak out, you're 40, but a 62-year-old having 70% in equities, right. he should freak out.
2: Okay, but that person should have a plan. Why would you yeah, have they're not, not 72% in equities but, if but, you're 60 years old? What,
0: what are you talking about? Most people, they just have their money in a 401k and they you don't can look still at it. Chi- till, well, I get that. What I'm saying to but you- But you
2: just said the key word, they don't look at
0: it. Yeah, of course they don't look at well, it. Well, what
2: the hell? That's their bad. Yeah,
0: I get that. But yeah. you, you're, you're asking what is the worst yeah. thing that's going to happen. You said, it's just going to come back up. No, it's not going to come back up yeah. for the 62-year-old. For
2: the 40-year-old, they, he's fine. If they don't change their asset yeah, allocation. If they don't change but, the asset allocation. of course. You were talking about a
1: bubble in 2019 that rebounded in 2020. That's not what Dalio's talking about. He's talking about something half as bad as the tech crash and the housing crash. He's saying more on those levels as opposed to what happened That's a year and a half bad. ago. That's yeah. pretty bad.
0: So so let's ask. actually go yeah. back to your wonderful question you asked. Ask the question, what's going to happen if there's a bubble? So what's going to happen if there's it's a bubble? It's a filtering process, yep. and I think we need a filtering process. Do you know the whole story with, uh, 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 what do you call it, forest fires? You know the story with forest fires? Forest- they do, sometimes they
2: set it on purpose to like, have trees die to add, it's new necessary. Grow. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: necessary. Not okay. not you go do it yourself.
2: Right. Sometimes nature
0: does it to clean it up because the roots at the bottom could have been stronger, but they were no longer getting the nutrients that mm-hmm. they needed because the trees got the sun. Yep. They've been covering them up, so now it goes away and it allows for the new people to come back up, right? Okay. There's going to be a filtering process, but some people are going to get hammered. I sent something out the other day where I said the following. I put this on uh, Instagram uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, Twitter, and I said uh, uh, the next two years will produce many accidental millionaires and billionaires. Mm-hmm. It'll also produce many who rise and fall. We won't know the real players until 2025. The cocky and overconfident investor in any specific area will get clobbered. Mm-hmm. Stay alert, stay alive, Right. People are about to be clobbered. There's a lot of money being spent on things that is being overpaid by a mile. A Michael Jordan car sold for, sold for 738 just a couple months ago. You know, the same card sold last week for $400,000. Okay. From 738 to $400,000. What so, time
1: out? $738,000. $738, oh,
0: wow. There's 315 of them Whoa. graded at Whoa. PSA 10. Whoa. That mm-hmm. same card, PSA, not the same exact yeah. card, but a PSA 10 1986 FLIR sold last week for $400,000 and change, okay? From $738 to $400,000, change. Same card. Same exact, uh, one yeah. of the 315 cards, right? What's the point? Um, you, you have to look at when people are throwing money at things that are not worth what they're worth, but they're just kind of like, ah, I'll overpay. Ah, I'll overpay. That whole thing of, ah, I'll overpay. It's okay. I'll overpay because you have the money to overpay. Yeah. People don't say, ah, I'll overpay market's about to correct, and the uh, overpay people are going to go away a little bit. So it's going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty. Mm -hmm. The rates are going to scare the hell out of a lot of people, and Biden's $3 trillion tax plan that he's talking about they're about to unveil, it will not be pretty. It will not be pretty. Mm -hmm. Look, folks, if you're listening to this, let's go to a complete different direction real quick. Complete different direction here if you're listening to this. you got to have a real plan on what you're going to be doing in making money The next 12, 24, 36 months, where you position yourself, where you're going to be, what career you're going to be into, what job you're going to have, what industry you're going to line yourself up with, what group you're going to be running with, because (laughs) it's going to be a three-year run rate of it getting pretty ugly with taxes. People are going to feel it. Opportunity is not going to be the same. Real estate is at its highest it's been, and there's a lot of realtors, you talk to them, they all sound the same. Guess what they all say? Guess what they all say? The famous line, we don't think the peak is here yet. We don't think real estate is peaking. We think it's high, but we don't think it's peak time yet. Right. We think the peak is going to be two years from now. No, the peak is going to be 10 years from now. Meaning, yes, if I'm buying and holding long term, I'm going to be fine. But not the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. When the rates come back up, the industry is going to take a hit. And I think Ray Dalio is right. I think the market is going to take a massive hit. With, but also uh, with, with, with
2: Ray Dalio, and you've interviewed Ray Dalio, so you've I got have. some very unique yes. insight on this. It, it's, I mean, look, I don't, I don't want to throw shade at this guy because I do respect him, but ironically, I mean, who does Ray Dalio? Is Ray Dalio really concerned about the individual investor out there, or is he thinking about the family offices, the his institutional clients are the investors? family family offices, of course. So he came out in 2019 at in Davos, Switzerland, at the Economic World Economic Forum, and what was his famous line there that came out to bite him in the ass was cash is trash get out of cash well if you're worth a hundred million freaking dollars yes diversify and get out of cash yeah if you're worth four thousand dollars cash ain't trash player yeah all right so just understand when it comes to Ray Dalio he's a different perspective than the individual person out there worth 20 grand 50 grand 100 grand or even a millionaire his clients are worth 10, 20, 50, hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: But he was also talking about an event that's about to happen that potentially could happen to any, or affect everybody. I mean, I don't think it matters who his, you know, where he's getting paid by. I mean, the bubble's still coming, and that's mm-hmm. what he's saying.
0: Yeah. Well, so uh, let's let's talk about Little Nas' new shoes that came out. Okay. Little Nas X is, and this is a story by CNN. Little Nas' ex unofficial Satan Nike. Containing human blood sells out under a minute, CNN says. Rapper and singer Little Nas launches his controversial shoes, Satan Shoes, featuring a bronze pentagram, an inverted cross, and a drop of real human blood verified by NBC, and they sold that almost immediately. The black and red sneakers, part of a collaboration with, uh, between Little Nas X and New York-based art collectible, uh, 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 which uh, MS, uh, MSCHF... Mischief. Mischief, yeah. were uh, made using uh, Nike Air Max 1997, though the sportswear brand has distanced itself from the design. In an emailed statement to CNN, Nike said it was not involved in creating the modified sneakers. They were priced at $1018. There's a reason for it. The reference to the Bible passage, Luke 10:18 that reads, "I saw Satan fall like a lightning like lightning from heaven. Each shoe's air bubble sole contains 60 cubic centimeters. 2.03 fluid ounces of red ink and one drop of human blood. Uh, a spokesperson for them said the blood has been provided by members of the art collective, adding, we love to sacrifice for our art. Yeah. Interesting story. I know you have some yeah.
2: strong feelings on this. Um, let me just come out and say, uh, this is a publicity stunt completely. Okay, so Little Nas X might be the least scariest person on the planet. Okay, when I think of scary devil worshiper, and let's talk about who actually you know, filled that void for, for many, many years. Yeah. Marilyn Manson, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, heavy metal, scary, paint your face, kiss, scary people. Lil Nas X, you know, fake cowboy, um, not a tough guy whatsoever. This is a complete publicity stunt. He sold how many shoes? 666. Okay, you know, in, in respect to, to the devil. Yep. Um, huh? Okay. That's exactly. It's 666 yeah. And yeah. Less exactly, and that's my point. It's not like he sold six million shoes, or six hundred thousand shoes, or six thousand shoes. He sold six hundred sixty-six shoes. Some big-time little Nas-X fans came out there. Probably kids came out and spent all their money on it, on these shoes, and they're like, "Oh, I got little Nas-X shoes." But he got what he wanted. A publicity stunt. People are. Basically talking about him. Look at us talking about Lil Nas X. I don't know what song he's got out these days. Obviously, he, his big well, hit he does. was. He had a new song that came okay. out that has to do
0: yet. with the shoes, that has okay. to do, kind of lines right. up with yeah. it.
2: But I know you had a major problem with why would Nike allow this? Why would Nike? They didn't. Exactly. Yeah. And that's my point is that this company mischief, this marketing company, um, this brand. Where are you at like... with this, Tom? Okay, I, 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 I think Lil Nas
1: X is actually the most scary person out there that could do something like this because you wouldn't expect it from him. And now he comes out here and says that this is cool or whatever he's trying to say. I'm thoroughly disgusted by this. I, I think there's ramification. I hope mischief gets shut down. I mean, I think I hope Nike comes at them as hard as they possibly can and takes them out. Um, I did a little back, you know, with a little research on this group. So the Daniel Greenberg, he's the head of the commerce for them. He did an interview with Business Insider last year, where he says, um, "We're in this weird place right now where we're not really thinking like a business. We just do shit, and people buy our stuff, and that's what (laughs) this whole thing feels like." Hey, quick publicity stunt. Let's do this. Let's throw this out there. You know, Pat, you made the point earlier. You know, you get Drew Brees almost got canceled for saying that he's going to stand for the national anthem because it's important because his grandfather served in World War II. And he had to come out and do some whole dog and pony show apology. Lil Nas should be canceled. You know, and it's oh, not, so you want him to be canceled. Yes, he should be canceled. For for promoting Satan, yes, you should be canceled. Here's the other thing. It's not So like you're a nobody, fan of cancel culture. No, I'm not a fan of cancel culture. I'm I'm a am at all. I hate cancel culture. But you want him to But canceled. if anybody should be canceled, it's Lil Nas X for doing something like this. I mean, if you were to look at it rationally and think, why should someone get canceled? Doing something like this it makes sense. So no if you sense.
2: worship the devil, you should be canceled. I don't know. I'm just saying
1: we're talking well, about you just Lil, said it. I'm, I'm I mean, talking
2: about Lil Nas X putting on a devil's
1: shoe. If someone should be canceled. So it should be him by the way that song that he was promoting in conjunction with this shoe He gives the devil a lap dance. Okay, so a lot of people have come out and said that they're gonna boycott Lil Nas X forever He tried to backtrack and do an apology yesterday so he creates a YouTube video, and before he actually does the apology, he cuts to the clip of the song where he's giving a devil a lap dance. So I got a, I got a major problem with him. I hope Nike goes hard at mischief and takes them out. Let me I mean, say, anybody else makes a little mistake in this world. They got to pay for it. Why can't they?
2: Let me say, you're a father. You're a father. So if I'm in your shoes, I probably would have stronger feelings on this because I, the last thing I would want is Dash, who's a cool-ass kid, 12 years old. 12? 12, yeah. 12. Or Tico, 10? Nine, nine years old, nine years old at all, listening to someone like this or taking their advice. Okay. But you know what? No one's canceling Ozzy Osbourne. No one was canceling Marilyn Manson. There was a lot of people enraged by these people, but listen, if you know anything about Lil Nas X, he is not a, he's not scary. He's not tough. He runs around what in a you rhinestone. You saying that. What do you mean by that? So like, if
0: you like, what do you mean, scary and tough? Okay, like, so you if you think like we're worried he's gonna come in the streets and beat no, us no, up, no, no, like, no, what no, do you mean, but, scary okay, and tough? Okay,
2: so I'm talking you about. You think
0: scary and tough is about being buff and strong and benching full. No, and I don't mean plates? it. I don't mean it like that. Okay, so how do you mean I mean,
2: mean it? I mean, when I think of devil worshiper yeah. musicians, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne as a kid, I was scared as hell about this guy. This guy's eating he- bats' heads and doing stuff like that. Yeah, Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, that was scary. Like, if you were a kid, that's scary. Lil Nas X is wearing a rhinestone cowboy outfit talking about going down to Old Town Road. It just doesn't have the same oomph as the other music musician devil worshipers back in the day. I think the only
0: thing a parent is scared about is influence.
2: That's my point it's with the, the kids.
0: Thing. There's nothing about scary. Like, you don't sit there and say, oh, my gosh, this guy looks so scary giving a devil a lap dance. You're not scared by that. It looks, mm-hmm. it looks weird just doing that. The whole thing is. Now, um marketing side yes is is he got everybody talking about him 24 7 yes Mm -hmm. is uh, is all marketing on all publicity good i don't know i don't know if uh, even a marketing expert is going to tell you all publicity is good i don't know if this is what's the
2: famous line is you can say whatever you want about me just spell my name right yeah that's right so so look here this is something where
0: uh, i feel one phone call was made and this is the one phone call that i think was made i don't know why I have a hunch. I may be wrong. Forgive, I could be 100% wrong on this. Totally fine with me. Every company and organization has somebody that behind closed doors has so much influence nobody knows about that if they make a phone call, you better listen to them. I think Michael Jordan may be calling and saying, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Do you realize I signed on with you and look at the brand we've built. Can I ask why this is happening? You don't think Michael called one of his guys and said, can you go check on these guys on what they're doing? Or Michael made the phone call himself and then the lawsuit was, you know, immediately. started immediately. Yeah. I don't know. I just think mm-hmm. if Michael's part of the organization, do you think Michael would endorse some like this? Do you think Michael would support some like this? Do you think Michael is aligned with some of these things here? I'm not trying to get Michael into mm-hmm. an issue that has nothing to do with Michael, but at the same time to Michael it does. You know, it's the same swoosh you know, logo that's going to be there, and they use yeah. the Air Max shoes, the
1: 666 of those to sell, and they team yeah. up with these guys. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's serious damage to the Nike brand from this because most people don't follow stories like we do. I mean, we'll see the headline. We'll look into it. We'll yeah. follow it the next two, three days. Most people are going to think Nike was behind this because there was a Nike shoe, and it was sold. You're not automatically going to think that. Somebody would be stupid enough to take a Nike shoe and do this. I cannot believe the gall of mischief to do this. By the way, the founder of mischief was a former West Point Military Academy dropout, and he was, has a history of doing goofy projects. He started an app that was basically a Tinder for airplanes, which is pretty funny if you think about it. You're on a plane on a long flight. You open up the app and what, you, you go back and chat up somebody. And no, row that's a tw- mile-high tw- club C. opportunity right there, right. my friend.
2: So anyway, but yeah, Nike, if they come at you with guns ablazing. You're done. Well, right? l- let me ask you, since we're on the cancel culture, you know the, the, the shoe that preceded this shoe? No. This, this, is the, um, this is the Satan shoe. The shoe that preceded this shoe, the reason that they even it's had the opposite. The complete opposite was the Jesus shoe. And rather than having a drop of blood, it had a drop of holy water. So that shoe did well. So are, are we saying, and look, I'm not buying the shoe. I don't really give two shits about this story other than it's in the news are we allowed to cancel the devil's shoe, the Satan shoe, but not the Jesus this, shoe? This isn't a conversation
1: or, about canceling, I don't think. I I, I have I hate cancel culture, the whole thing. I was just simply making a point mm-hmm. how easy it is for some people to get canceled for a tweet or for saying something, but you do something like this and you're
2: almost applauded for it. Well, it seems like Nike, they, whether they were in the, in the mix or not, they are come out and they've yeah. drawn a hard line and they said that, quote unquote, they were not involved in any capacity and they have no relationship Whatsoever with Mischief or Lil Nas X. I think if you're a That's Christian. That's very weird, though, that, that they would even come out with this shoe and now Nike has no relationship with them? No, no, What's no. The story? No, they took that shoe and just modified
1: it and sold it as their own as the Satan shoe. Uh-huh. Nike had nothing to do with this. And I just think, bottom line, if you're a Christian, you're a little bit offended by this story. If you're not a Christian, probably wouldn't it hit you as hard. I don't know.
0: I, I, and I I don't know if even a person who's not a Christian is okay with this. You know, I, I don't think this is a Christian issue. I don't. I, I know a lot of people who are atheists and agnostic who don't, you know, uh, 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 worship the devil. I know a lot of people. So I think it's it's not just a Christian thing. I think it's a lot of parent thing. Mm-hmm. And parents are sitting around saying, okay, here's a kid that watches, you know, we all listen to the song. You know, when you know the, the no, song is a, it's one of our kids' favorite down songs down to listen to. Down you know, it's down. the number one streamed song of all time, most streamed song ever. So that same guy comes out with this video that he came up with. If you see this video, it's the most weirdest video you'll see. It makes no sense, and YouTube yeah. allows that video to stay on? That's on YouTube. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's a pretty random video that's on YouTube. Speaking of
2: cancel culture, what are the chances that the actual Nas, the real life actual Nas, says, dude, who the hell do you think you are? Taking my name, you're the little Nas X, you're canceled. <laughs>
0: Was that like a, just a joke right there? No,
2: I'm just saying. He took Nas's okay. name.
0: Got it. If you're Nas, or you,
2: if you're a Nas, are you for for night and day. Him
0: and Nas have nothing to do with each other. It's too— Correct. Yeah. But he took his name. No, he did. He did take his name. So so did the, uh, uh, Ricky, Rick Ross. I mean, you know, Freeway Rick Ross Freeway took the Rick. name of uh, the real Freeway Rick Ross. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are taking names from one another nowadays. Adam Sosnick, right? How many yeah. people are taking that name? That's offensive. Out you out know, it's a Hollywood. <laughs> okay. All right, so, uh, 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 you know, so far we've gone four stories. Let's go into – which one do we want to go into? Let's go into uh, – Tom, I'll let you pick this one uh, here. How about
1: the media? How about the, the media, media hiring? Okay, no. let's
0: talk media. Page okay. three, media uh, hiring. You probably got some stuff to say about that. Let me set that off for you. Media, The media, media is – The media is slashing jobs again as the Trump news cycle fades and the economy struggles, CNN. This is from CNN. For years, the media industry has been forced to compete with tech platforms that are advertising revenue and uh, consumers' time. Now, in addition to the same pressures, publishers will see increased competition for attention as the economy opens back up. About 130 million people in the U.S. and about 500 million globally have been vaccinated against COVID-19, which means some semblance of normalcy uh, is on the horizon, but this coupled with the fact that Biden administration doesn't drive a nonstop news cycle like the predes- predes- predecessor, predecessor yeah. means that consumers are starting to spend less time on their screens. Competing with the user-generated content is top of mind for Austin Reef co-founder Morning Brew. He said, you're competing with basically every human on the planet. Everyone on uh, Everyone can create content. Publishers have to figure out. What makes you unique? Why are you going to open up a Morning Brew newsletter versus just go on Instagram or go on Twitter?
1: Thoughts on this? Um, the media is going to go after the low-hanging fruit. They think about a news cycle for that day, and they attack it. That's why Trump was a gift from God for them. For four years, actually five and a half years, you know, when he started his campaign, they had him. That's why I couldn't understand you know, the, their, their intensity of getting him out. You got what you wish for. He's gone. So here's the bottom line, and this is where it's going they have to find something else now because they don't have compelling personalities. Name me one interesting personality on MSNBC, or really CNN. I mean, they have some names that are out there, the Don Lemons of the world, because they rail on Trump. You know who they are, but can they carry a show if they don't have one enemy or one thing just to rail against? This is going to happen. You mark this down. This is 100%. Here's what's coming. The COVID threat is going to be back. And I guarantee you and I promise you that is what the media is going to hang their hat on for the next few weeks. You watch for it. I'll tell you two alerts I got today. L.A. time. L.A. Times, right? And this is where things are getting better. In L.A., we're about to hit the next tier. I think it's the orange tier, right, where they allow 50% occupancy inside restaurants. It's really getting bad. It's traffic, Pat. I mean, there's traffic jams. You're getting
2: caught in traffic for the first time in over a year. I look at that as a positive. First time you're actually
0: saying great to traffic jams. Yeah,
2: certain people aren't going to be able to go to 160 on the freeway anymore. I don't know whoever (laughs) these people are. So here's the L.A.
1: Times alert today. A life and death race. All right. A life and death race right now that we're in with COVID. Here's the one from the USA Today. We're skating on a knife's edge right now. Scientists worry U.S. could be headed for yet another COVID-19 surge. All the evidence is saying the numbers are going down because they are hospitalizations, deaths, uh, all of it. It's going down. It's getting better. These people are evil that keep pushing this on us. This effect that it has on optimistic people and people that have hope and people with common sense, it's just demoralizing. You've got to ignore some of this stuff. You've just got to get your news from VTPost.com because we're not <laughs> going to go out there and scare the hell out of you. We're just going to tell you what's going on. But this is serious, and this is where it's going, and you're going to hear it all week, I promise
2: you. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, the, uh, what I can appreciate, whether you're a fan of Trump, not a fan of Trump, is that we're, we're beginning, whether it's COVID, whether it's Trump – there's definitely a return to normalcy in this um, country, and we're getting back to reality, not a reality TV president. And whether Trump was here for four years or for eight years, it is what it is. The media would always try to find a new story. I mean, you worked in media for a long time. You get it. The stress that was going on in the last four years for most people. I asked someone the other day, I said, can you tell me what's, what Joe Biden is up to these days? And they were they are sort of a middle of the ground person. They go, honestly, I haven't paid attention to the news in like three months. And, and I'm like, go on, you were so involved in every story for years. You were posting stuff on your social medias. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm over it now. So for the average person out there, just move on with your life, bro. If the media, if their ratings are down, who cares? MSNBC had ridiculously high ratings. Now I'm sure Fox will spike back up because they can rail against Biden and MSNBC, MSNBC will drop and certain CNN shows and Cuomo show won't have – They'll always find a story to spin. They'll always find the news of the day. I can understand and appreciate why you think COVID will be a story for the next few weeks. But the reality is, you know, we've already vaccinated 100 million people. Biden came out there and he said by May 1st or before May 1st, in the next few weeks, uh, 90% of Americans will be able to be vaccinated. So I think... And I, I'm knocking on wood here. By this summer, I think there's actually going to be a return to normalcy in this country, and I think that's what most people want to see. Can I make a recommendation? I want to make a recommendation.
0: Okay, and by the way, if you like this recommendation, do me a favor and go on Twitter and tweet it at him. Okay, if you buy this recommendation and put hashtag PBD podcast. okay? If this makes sense, I want you to take out your phone and go tweet this out with this recommendation, and put hashtag PBD podcast and I'm gonna like every single one of the posts to get the attention out there. Ready? I think if there's ever been a time to buy a company, today's a great time to buy CNN, because they're getting hammered. And I think the right person who has the money to buy CNN and can buy for dirt cheap right now is a guy named Elon Musk. I don't think Bezos should buy CNN. I think Elon Musk <laughs> needs to go buy CNN. Mr. Elon Musk, if you're listening to this, uh-huh. I highly, highly, highly recommend you buy CNN. You would piss off half the planet if you bought it. And you would gain so many viewership because people would be all over it if your name's behind it. Just go do it. Wow. Cutter check. He's not going to do it. I'm, I don't know if he would do it or not. Mm-hmm. Cut or check. Go buy CNN. I think... If a Koch brother try to buy it, the surviving Koch brother, if they try to buy it, they're not going to let them buy it. They have the money if they wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. I think if anybody on the right were to buy it, they're not going to let them buy it. But Elon Musk is, politically, if I were to say Elon Musk where he's that, I put Elon Musk in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think Elon Musk is a center guy. And I think Elon Musk could actually make CNN exciting. And it would be great to have a news station actually be center. There's things that are far right. There are things that are far
1: left. What about if Musk buys CNN? Can you see that happening? It would be amazing, actually, because you know I was actually going to bring up the point today. You know He's in the news every single day. Is there a point where he's not as interesting anymore? And, and if he owned this network, he wouldn't have to worry about anything on social media being banned at any time. He could get away with anything he wanted. Uh, it would be a pretty brilliant move.
0: I'm going to tweet it out right now. Crazy idea. I believe Elon Musk, and if you want to go retweet this, I believe Elon Musk. Musk. Okay, go
2: ahead, uh, Adam. You have an opinion on this, or Kai, well, do you I have anything he, to say about this? Who is, the, who is the, um, who's the who's leading CNN? Jeff Zucker was his name. Is yeah, he, I believe he's, he's stepping of, down. He's the head yeah. of CNN. I believe he's stepping down. this year? I
1: think his exit strategy okay. is like mid to late 2021.
2: Yeah. And where's Ted Turner in all this these days? I know that's uh, someone you not admire, a right? <laughs> where's Ted Turner? What does he Ted Turner is pissed
0: off with what CNN turned yeah. into. Believe it or not, if you see how he finishes his books. His book, He's, he wasn't happy
1: about the way CNN ended. Right. You know, if, if Elon bought CNN, at least you would go into it thinking this is not going to be political. If Jeff Bezos buys CNN, it is a political left-wing news organization period, just like the Washington Post. If Elon did it, you'd have so many people that were just interested, well, and be entertaining. The entertainment factor of it would be, you know, pretty much through the roof because it would be unpredictable and everything. But yeah, it would be nice to see something where you look at it and you can't identify what political leaning they have. That would be cool.
2: Um I mean, CNN, uh, do you, where would you put CNN on the on the curve? Where, how far left? I, I far left at MSNBC. Left?
0: They're the block right next to MSNBC. Okay. so Don Lemon? Chris oh, That guy's Cuomo. very left. Uh, Chris it, it, Cuomo's
2: it, it, a little bit more towards it, the middle. He's No, not, no, he's no, no. He's not towards the middle. He's, he's not Towards Sanders. the middle. No, no, I said no. I didn't see. He's, he's on the he's, left.
0: He's right of uh, uh, Don Lemon. I do I do think Don that. <laughs> I think he's right of Don Lemon. Jesse Dan Dan
2: Le and Don Lemon.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Go buy CNN. Buy it. Buy it, Elon. Go buy CNN. Put on a group. Okay, let's raise the money. Go buy CNN. He could
1: overpay for it. <laughs> he
2: could do it. He like could overpay for it. Card. It's a
1: great time to do it. Uh-huh.
0: It's a great time to do it right now. There to you buy go. CNN. There's
2: your overpaying reference.
0: Yeah, it's a great time to overpay. Look at that. 260, 120. It's uh wow. you know, it, it's it's a great time to buy what what's the market? Go, go look at what the price of CNN is right now. Go look at exactly what it is right now. Market cap one fourteen. Uh, uh 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 Who owns it right now? They own it? A UK company on CNN, or you're looking at a different company? Okay. Can you find out or no? Trading view. It's Time Warner, is it? Market. Just put, okay, Kai. Uh,
2: CNN doesn't have its own individual stock. It's owned by, is it Time Warner? Kai, can yeah. you
0: click on one of those things right there? Just click on that thing right there. Right there. Yeah. Okay, let's see what we're looking at. CNN.
1: I think it's a Time Warner company. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah, we'll we'll try to figure that out. See, you do the research to see if you can find that out. Do it on your phone so people are not getting distracted with the back Okay, so the every given has been freed and is moving again after six days of blocking the Suez Canal. Business Insider story says the massive container ship that spent days stuck at the Suez Canal was set free on Monday. Tugboats were able to pull the 220,000 ton ship, the size of the Empire State Building. From the bank of the canal, where it had been stuck for nearly a week, every given was stuck for about 152 hours, which, by the way, week is 168 hours, so it's shy of a week. With the cost of the blockage having been estimated at a 400 million dollars an hour, that amounts to a total cost of 60 billion dollars. On Friday, authorities hailed a minor victory as the ship's rudder was freed, but it took until Monday morning for the entirety of the stern to be released. Through the use of tugboats, the ship's own winches and a specialist dredging ship that can move upwards to 70,000 cubic feet of sand an hour. 30,000 tons of sand were shifted in the effort, according to Bascales, a
1: Dutch company that worked with the Egyptian authorities. Tom? Can you imagine just the stress and the pressure on the people to get this thing out of there. This shut down both directions of the Suez Canal. So you're talking 350 ships that were waiting to pass through from either side. This is really unbelievable. 19,000 ships pass through there every single year. And, And one of the problems right now is these ships are so much bigger than they were in the 80s and 90s. They're harder to navigate. And they're stacked higher, so the wind can affect it. Now, there is a very good chance that there was some human error involved in this one. And that's where the investigation is gonna take them and and there's no liability for the ship captain at all in this thing. But think about the insurance that is gonna to have to be paid out for the delays on this thing. This is gonna be almost like an Exxon Valdez situation. You know it's when you consider how important that little strip is and how much of the goods that we rely on go through there, it's unbelievable. And it has affected us. And it's going to affect California and the rest of the country because there's a uh, an eight-day wait now for ships to unload in L.A. and Long Beach. So this thing has ramifications that's going to affect a lot of people. Thank God they fixed it. And think how smart these people had to be to get this thing dislodged. I mean, how do you even begin to come up? They were going to try to unload all 20,000 crates to make it lighter so they could maybe push it out of there. But, man, kudos to these guys for getting this thing out of the sand. Let's get the barges going back and forth now so we can get our toilet paper and everything else that we need. But, man, thank God it's over.
2: It's one of those things where you don't think about how important the Suez Canal is. Unless there's an issue, right? I mean, it's located in Egypt. North of it is the um, access to Europe and everything that's going on in in Greece and that area. South of it, Middle East, down to Africa, down to the Indian Ocean. Um, It's it for whatever reason. This just not to get all political. This just shows that you can be all about nationalism, America first, or whatever your country first is. We're in a global world right here. This is this is what we talk about trade and um, the high seas and what's going on. And when China's building a army bases in the South China sea and why the waterways are so important and ships and everything like that, it's because of stuff like this. Now, an- another perspective for you, um, I wish we could play it, but I don't think we can. There was a thing on our friends, CNN, they went to about 20 different kids. I think I sent this to you and said, Hey, kids, all five, six, eight year old kids. What would you do to get this ship? The ship is stuck in the Suez Canal, what would you do to get the ship out of there? And the kids react I mean, they're so cute. They're like, Well, I would get a big tweezer and lift it up. <laughs> or I would That's get great. I would get like five hundred helicopters and fly it. Or I would get um tugboats. It was just really cute. Yeah. It just I like stuff like that because it makes little kids think and have ingenuity and You brought this up the other day. Think like a child. Where where did you bring that up? childlike. I had a video. Childlike thinking. Yep. And um, there's another story over here just about spending an hour a day thinking that Einstein would do and and our friend Steve Jobs. But uh, it was very interesting to see what kids came up with, the plan they came up with. And how did they end up at getting it out? Was it tugboats, was that what it was?
1: Combination of everything. Okay. Yeah, they had to move a whole lot of sand for one thing. And but
2: then, $400 yeah. million dollars an hour it was costing. Not crazy. It cost Not that crazy? billion. Dollars.
1: Here's some some people look at this
0: and they're like, dude, the Suez Canal, I don't even know where, is it in Mexico? <laughs> you know, yeah. so for some people that, you know, Egypt. Is, is Suez Canal in Iran? Is it in Suez Canal? Sounds like a nice club in Panama. <laughs> where <laughs> is Suez Canal and why is it such a big deal? Yeah. To simplify it so we all understand what this means, Think about if Brooklyn Bridge was shut down for a week, okay, mm-hmm. and you live in New York. Now, try living life without Brooklyn Bridge, okay? Imagine if there's no Bay Bridge, okay? How mm-hmm. annoying and complicated does that make your life? Now, some mm-hmm. people might say, well, all I would do is I would take 55th and I would go here mm-hmm. and I would I get it. I mm-hmm. still get it. But it adds an additional that, two hours yeah. of drive and going home. you got to go around That's it. That's right. Yeah. That's the yeah. point, yeah. right? And you're just yeah. trying to get home. Right. Now, add that to commerce. Right. Add that to stuff that we're doing. So so for people to understand how massive this is, because a Harvard economist said this in I'm going to come to you. Uh, a Harvard economist said the following, which is important to read, that has to do with this. What page is that on, by the way? It's right be- it's below the story. Give me this. Give me the page. I'll just read two, this here. Two, two, two. Okay, so Harvard economist says, Uh, And former IMF chief economist uh, Kenneth Rogoff said it's like a natural catastrophe, and so it has profound short-term effects. I don't think it will have a long-term effect except to the extent at least to rethinking of regulation, rerouting. There are these checkpoints in global trade, and it's a little uh, disconcerting – to learn that uh, what goes uh, uh, down can have such a wide-ranging effect. It mostly hits Europe, not the United States. But with all the ships being rerouted, we will feel it too. The Suez Canal blockage will further rattle global supply chains that have already been uh, disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic, wrote a Hong Kong-based J.P. Morgan research team. So, So when you read this, the effects of it are big. It's going to be short-term. It's not going to be long-term. But it's just annoying. That's Mm -hmm. really all it is. It's not catastrophic to the point where it's the end of the world. It is annoying. Kai, you were going to say something.
1: No, just also that there's a ripple effect of even though, um, like you were saying with the bridges and, and the Brooklyn analogy, imagine if 8 million people have to do the same thing then that's kind of where the
0: backlog. yeah that's that's yeah. pretty scary eight, eight million, million now, people trying to
1: even now with the the fact that the boat's out of there there's still a backlog of ships that need to funnel through because it's traffic literally yeah they have been standing and waiting up there for the last week uh, can i hide under the table for a while i just got an alert from the la times that some say the pandemic is over in California as crowds return, but experts are worried. I'm just going to hide. All right, I'm just going to take cover. You know, the other thing about the Suez Canal, we live in an instantaneous world. What we want, we get. Go to Amazon, do it, fast, text, whatever it is. There's still big barges that have to go halfway around the world to bring most of the stuff that we want, including all the PPE supplies that, you know, the medical profession relies on right now. All that stuff is coming on slow boats or fast boats from the middle or from the Far East as well. So, yeah, it it just... and I drove by Long Beach the other day, and you could kind of see some of the havoc that's going on out there in the in the pier. And by the way, uh, the guy, Daniel Ponce de Leon, the baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals that I wrote the book with, yeah, his dad is the head of the union for the crane operators in the port of L.A. and Long Beach. They're in charge of unloading every single one of those. Ramon, Classic. great job, man. Keep it up. And I know Classic. you're going to be working overtime the next few weeks. but. Yeah, we rely on these guys, and yeah, we just don't know the- So,
0: So we're about to get into a story that has to do with Steve Jobs, Einstein, and other New York neuroscientists about thinking and, and how to boost your creativity. But before I do that, let me give a shout-out to some of you guys that contributed to the channel. We have Odron Noel Zenitrum uh, uh, gave $20 and said, Why are we still using unions? They're corrupt to the core and just funnel money to politicians and special interests. It's 2021. These people are being paid decently already, and it should only be a stepping stone job. Interesting. Okay. Next, we have good mother, very loyal, and big fan of uh, Adam Sosnick. Unions are why incompetent people don't get fired. The children just go to work. Mommy to abdicate responsibility. Very good point, by the way. Why people bad employees don't get fired? Uh, uh, okay. Next one, we have an army vet. Corey Raposa gave $10, Army vet, MI-35 series, military doesn't need to go softer. Being in the military and being deployed demands physical and mental stamina. Army strong. Thank you for your service, brother. Uh, We have another one from Odra, gave another $10, said unions were good when workers were literally signing away their rights and ownership slaves. Okay? These jobs, and absolutely right how it started, was a noble cause. These jobs should not be long-term. These jobs yeah. should only be a stepping stone. He's making a point again. Mm-hmm. Zeal, I will respond back to you honestly with the video. Why do you think uh, uh, CoffeeZilla saying PHP is scamming people with video? Here's the one thing you have to know when it comes down to insurance and recruiting. The challenge the industry I chose to be a part of, we recruit independent co- This is the same thing Northwestern Mutual challenge, uh, struggles with. It's the same thing Primerica struggles with. New York Live, Keller Williams. Insurance is very hard. It's very hard to be in a game of insurance. It's not an industry to be a part of. That's why it pays so handsomely if you're in it because the product is a very noble product, but the methodology, it's not easy to do. It's not. The first two years, three years, five years is challenging to be in it. Ask any insurance agent that's been around for five or ten years. They will tell you. You've been in the industry for now how many years? Fifteen 12? years. Fifteen years. The, the turnover ratio in the industry is so high. When mm-hmm. I got in... I wanted to quit this industry every flipping day for the first two years I got in. I almost Mm. joined the army. I went and got another job at Bally's. I asked my boss, Robbie, to give me another job just to make some money as a morning manager starting at 4 o'clock in the morning. I haven't watched the whole video, but the whole premise is about the fact that our system, our culture, how it is, we're a very competitive environment. We are somebody that loves competing. We have a different kind of a culture. But unfortunately, when you have a 1099 type of an environment, you can't please everybody. There are areas that we take full responsibility on that we're constantly working on. But unfortunately, it is tough when people don't get a license. It is tough when people are going out there trying to get the business going and people reject them. Very, very difficult business to be a part of. But if you do make it, your life can be changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that goes with. So if you go look at uh, do the same search with any of the other competitors. You'll find similar articles constantly being out there, but maybe I will do a response video uh, on on breaking that down. That's a little bit more lengthy. Maybe I'll do something like that in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. I may do something with that here coming up. Okay, unions are for lazy people. Grow a pair of America says T S Z Y D, and then we have a uh, kitty man. Have you got get And have you guys seen the video that Biden was walking to the helicopter and stopped to talk to reporters, and his hand went thought the reporter mike i don't i, I think you misspelled something right there dh shamat argued against david Sachs on the all in podcast this week and a market growth and innovation will not allow us to put into a bubble and that printing money has no immediate effect on inflation I agree. The key word in that sentence is what? Immediate. 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 Yeah. You're right. It doesn't immediately have an effect on inflation. Long term, I had, I had, it had does. that
2: question for because obviously everyone's very concerned about inflation with yes. the printing of five trillion dollars over the last 14 months, uh, well less 13 months. Um, I asked Danielle Martino Booth, uh, host of Down the Middle on uh, Value Tainment. She's uh, on the podcast. I said, talk to me about inflation. She goes, well, when unemployment is still very high, I think we're at six point two percent that has a direct correlation on inflation i said oh interesting tell me more about that she goes well the more people out of work they can't pay for stuff and the government's supporting them and they're collecting unemployment and obviously stimulus and all that and she said just you know stay tuned Hmm. nothing immediate but keep your eye on the on the press
1: those comments were really interesting and you didn't get one pro-union comment In the whole scroll there and you know the interesting i I
0: mean i bet if we look through the comments we probably got a couple pro-union but most people are not going to be pro-union
1: yeah and wouldn't it be interesting with amazon you think there's no more technology driven company or advanced when it comes to that everything they do is data and, and everything and they're so fast and it's all online anyway Could you imagine if they were slowed down by something so archaic as starting a union in 2021? That is the exact opposite direction that most companies are going, Mm -hmm. you know, and to think that it could happen to Amazon and it could really be a huge problem for them.
2: Well, being that you're in L.A. um, and you're in the media world, (laughs) do you have a lot of friends who are actors and then they're in the Hollywood SAG sag screen actors guild? What are their thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I haven't polled them lately. I mean, it's it's pretty much necessary. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually I do, but just lately. <laughs> I haven't polled them lately. Um, you know, the, it's, you ask all of them, it's where they get their insurance benefits. It's their health insurance. So they they, they, they fight for them. The, the, the SAG-AFTRA is a strong union. Yeah. I mean, that is one that's actually effective. So most of them are pretty positive about it.
0: Awesome. Okay, so let's talk about how to boost your creativity with non-time secret used by Steve Jobs, Einstein and other neuroscientists says Business Insider. At a time when many of us are working remotely due to the pandemic, it can be difficult to access access your creative spark especially if you've settled into a routine. Non-time, a secret followed by great minds from Apple Steve Jobs to scientist Albert Einstein is the art of doing nothing but thinking. Journalist, writer and speaker uh, Stephen Kotler, who authored The Art of Impossible earlier this year, coined the concept of non-time as period of taking break from the sensory bombardment of the world, writer for writing for TED Talks, Kotler said, "Non-time is time for daydreaming and psychological distancing, and allowing our subconscious to find remote associations between ideas." He also cited the importance of stepping away from deadlines, calling them "kryptonite" for creativity,
2: mm-hmm. and also underlining the importance of solitude. Thoughts? I mean, I love this story. I love this story. I mean, every I morning you would. Yeah, I, I, do. You would like I do. It a I do. I mean, look, if it's good enough for Einstein and Steve Jobs, it's good enough for. Adam South. can you tell us your morning routine? So yeah, I, you have a unique. I, morning I, I've routine. done a morning routine for yes. the last five years, and um, I'm up at you know give or take depending on when the podcast is, somewhere around seven o'clock. Right, that's my time. If when the podcast starts earlier, a little bit closer to six. The first hour of my day, I chug water. I just, I think, I chill, and I'll do yoga stretching for a half hour. I just stay flexible. I think, I, I um, do an affirmation, I say positive thoughts. And it, it's when you start your day and you get to the office and next thing you know, you're doing a podcast and then you gotta return emails and you got conference calls and you gotta go get lunch and then you gotta, it's so hard to find that time to do that. And something that you always talk about is we gotta find time to have just creative meetings. We gotta ha- find time just to have brainstorming sessions And because in the the monotony of the day, it's so hard to get that. So for me, for people out there, obviously, if you get a rush out of the office, I I had the luxury of working from home remotely for the past seven years. And then now I'm coming in an office every day, ironically. But I take the first hour of my day just to get my mind right. And um, meditation, yoga, mindfulness, stretching, whatever it is for you, uh, I highly recommend it. I I, I actually had um, dinner and drinks with I won't say his name but probably the biggest guy in the nightlife world in Miami. And you're talking about uh, a guy for years would be in fist fights just just crazy. He's a Brooklyn guy just and I go, "So tell me about what you're up to these days." He goes, "Every morning I meditate for an hour." And he goes, "I can't tell you how much better my life is." So mindfulness and just wellness is is a thing these days. It's a real thing and I encourage everyone to check it out. I want to do more of it. I don't know if you if this is something you have. Uh, Somebody time said to do. right
0: there, Adams comparing himself to Einstein is is exciting. True. And I, well,
2: he was a, a European Jew, just like my go. people. So, so there is some comparison yeah. there. And Tom, you're in LA. You got all this yeah, you know green I'm, stuff going well, on. Are who you who doing this? Hell,
1: who the hell is Einstein and Jobs to give us any advice? What have they done? Uh, you know what? For geniuses <laughs> like that, I mean, I, Einstein could take a three-hour nap and invent a new flying frisbee. I, something. You know, these guys a are flying so, frisbee. <laughs> wow, that's intense. Um. I, they, this doesn't work for me. I I don't need downtime. I don't like downtime. I'm a I run from downtime. For me, it just doesn't work. I like chaos, and I, 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 even at night I like chaos. I, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I can't sleep for more than three or four hours at a time. I got to get up, walk around, do something. Look at some stories, do some things, but maybe that's why you need some maybe you know, I do. downtime. Maybe I do. I think it just depends for each uh, individual. But I think a lot of people might take this advice and just go with the doing nothing part, right, and mm-hmm. forget about the but thinking. So I, it's it's interesting. I can definitely see some therapeutic advantages for some people, and it's probably a really good thing. I just don't think I could, you know, take it Have you ever done hour. anything like this? Pat? Oh, I,
0: I like. Listen, actually, for me, I think. Uh, I call it alone time, not non-time. Okay. I like to sit there, grab a paper and pen, and think. And I'll play a song. It's it's by this guy that plays a piano. I obviously can't play it or else the video would be uh, 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 private. I play video. I play uh, 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 the song, piano, and I listen to it, and I think. And I write, and I look at data, and I look at articles, and I'll just sit there thinking, what if we did this, and what if we did that, and what if we did that. I'm fully for it mm-hmm. on doing that. And obviously prayer God knows how effective it is to pray and to meditate. You know, yoga is a very good thing. I used to do yoga regularly, religiously, and uh, Bikram yoga, it was phenomenal for me. Mm -hmm. So I can totally see a uh, correlation between this and that. And at the same time, I relate to Tom as well. If you go on a vacation with me, I'm a three-day guy. I can't go. Some of these guys go for two weeks, three weeks. I'm terrible for two or three mm-hmm. weeks. You you're go saying with vacation. Uh, you go with me for three days, you'll have the time of your life. The moment we get into seven days, yeah. you're going to say, Pat, can we just go back to work and do mm-hmm. something? But for three days, you'll have a lot of fun with me.
2: Why? Wow. What is it in your DNA that you can't check out for more to, than three I days? I have to build. I am a,
0: I'm a creator. I'm a builder. i got to mm-hmm. build things. i got to go. Make progress towards something. So if we're there past three days, yeah. now we have to compete who swims the fastest. Now we have to go out there and see <laughs> if we can swim across to the island, across to yeah. us. Can we make it in yeah. the next hour? And let's try this. And let's
1: sure. well, to, plus, plus, you'd yeah. be antsy and you'd be not as much fun to be around because your mind would be elsewhere. My mind would be yeah. elsewhere. That's why I'm three days. Three days time of your life.
0: Four days. Pat,
2: as we all know, your mind might be telling you no, but your body... Your body might be telling you, yeah. You know that song,
1: R. Kelly. There you go, oh, he Tom. Got he got it. Shocking. So very, mind,
2: mind, body. Spirit. Very. Check it very out, Tom.
1: Impressive. But how did that
2: work for R. Kelly, by the way? My, no, my I'ma piss on yeah. you. I'ma piss on you.
1: Yeah. What was that? Know. What, what, what was that?
0: The like Dave literal, Chappelle remix to R. You have Kelly? to say that because it's important for you to say that. Without, would you just, would yeah, you people just said, might right? take it literal. Exactly. Okay. All right. okay. People don't know about that. All right, so let's go to uh, our buddy Fauci. Okay. Let's go to our buddy Fauci, what happened this last week with him. He took full credit to uh, uh, what or, do you call it? He as took, Tom calls him, Fauci. Fauci, yes. Fauci. Fauci blames a new surge in U.S. COVID-19 cases. Again, Fauci. Uh, blames a new surge in U.S. COVID-19 cases on variants, travel during spring break, and states prematurely pulling back restrictions. Story by Business Insider. Dr. Fauci said that U.S. COVID-19 cases were rising again because of infectious uh, coronavirus variants, people traveling more and states, easing restrictions too soon. More than 62,000 new coronavirus infections were reported in the U.S. on Saturday, up from a fewer than 50,000 on March 11th, and its January peak, and the numbers of new cases in U.S. are more than 250,000. Besides variants, Fauci said that travel around spring break and states prematurely pulling back on COVID-19 restrictions were likely uh, causes. Two more than 11 states have eased restrictions despite the CDC warning that now is not the time. On March 12th, U.S. saw more than 1.3 million travelers go through its airports the most of any other day in the
1: past, Tom. Fauci, you spotlight-craving... Camera loving, overrated, over the here, over the hill fear mongerer. That's what he is right now. Go write your book. Go make a couple million. Take a victory lap. Okay, you you did it. You saved the world last year. I will give you all that credit if you promise to leave. Okay, because he's dangerous. He is dangerous to this com- to this country with his constant negativity. And there is something to be said about that. He will never. Ever temper it with something positive. Hey, we're doing this right. Hey, look at Texas. They uh, no masks. They opened the state up on March 10th. Cases are down. Will anybody ever mention that? Google that. You won't even get news results on what's going on in Texas as far as you know the what's happened since March 10th when they opened up the state entirely. So Fauci, your run is over, bro. Okay. <laughs> You're 80. This is not the position for you anymore. I'm giving you some good career advice. Everybody knows your name now. Okay, you can go home and you can just watch YouTube clips of yourself on the news because I know how much you love that. But please, for the sake of this country, let somebody who doesn't have like some skin in the game for scaring the hell out of everybody is giving our updates. Enough. Seriously, I have had it. He should not be getting. In, he should not be getting involved in any sort of back and forth with Donald Trump. Do you Do you realize what a mismatch that is? Trying to engage with Donald Trump in any sort of argument, it's not working. Look, he was probably miscast for this role, so I don't even blame him. I don't think he should be in this role to start with. He doesn't have the right type of background as a doctor. It's not his specialty. All right, so. Go. What do you you mean it's not his specialty? It's not. I mean, he's an infectious – this type – I've talked to doctors about this. I've talked to high-ranking doctors that his background probably hasn't made him as suited as he should be for giving these types of forecasts for what's going on or making all these dire doomsday scenarios for us. So I, I, I seriously have a problem with Dr. Fauci. That's his, his name. It's Fousey. <laughs> it's Fousey. To, Fousey. to me, Tom, it's Fousey. If
2: I play a game with you, would you be willing to play a game I right now? I don't think so. What? You don't even know what the game is. <laughs> I,
1: but I, I'm, you don't even know what the freaking game is, But this way is, I'll Tom. win if I don't even play All right, it.
2: let's play a game. I'm going to give you three names, and y- you've heard of MFK? Mary F. Kill? No. That's why I'm the wrong guy to play this game yeah, with. Tom, go with us here, okay. bro. You're not going to be. Here, I'm going to give you three names, and it's you, you've heard of Mar- Can I curse? Mary, fuck, kill. You've heard of this game? I have not, honestly. Okay, oh, Mar- okay, now I okay. get it. I thought you were Mar- talking about an actual person no, named no, no, no. Mary. My bad. Okay. okay. Mary, fuck, kill. I'm going to give you three names, and you have to pick for fun, bro. For fun. Who's fun? This is <laughs> not we fun go. for me. I'm going to give you Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fauci, your boy Gavin Newsom, and Bernie Sanders. Now you have to marry, <laughs> fuck, or kill one of them. Who you going with, Tom? Okay,
1: that's a good question. Now I, I'm, have gonna fun use, with I, this. I'm gonna have use fun it with maybe this. some different
2: terms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about a, a high five? Uh, spend a weekend together. Travel. And, yeah. And, and in
2: fact, just, just, just to be clear, he's not gonna actually have sex, uh, marry, okay. and or kill anybody. Okay. Dinner, um, drink, travel. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Dinner, so it, drink, travel. So it's Bernie. Kick someone out of your car, d- uh, hang out with them for the whole day, or okay. travel with them for a for a week.
1: Um, okay, so I would put. See the thing you with Gav, the, you the, the, the
2: thing with Gavin
1: Newsom is there's no guarantee that somebody better would replace him, so I can't just say get rid is of Gavin Newsom. Yeah, he, he sure looks the part. There's no question about it. Okay, Bernie and Fauci are pretty much on the same level for me, and then Newsom below that. How's that? So happening?
2: who's getting what? Well, I Mary, mean, fuck, I'm, I'm, kill. Come I'm on, just you're already down I don't here. agree with him. I don't want to kill anybody. Um, I, Tom, we're playing a game. Okay.
0: Okay. okay. I'll Who kill. Would I'll drink kill. dinner. Travel.
2: <laughs> well, not, you can't, you gotta kill someone. You gotta oh, kick them out of the car. Okay, right. I, oh, okay. Let's kill the oldest Go. guy. Let's kill the oldest. Fauci. Sanders. Go. Oh,
1: Fauci? Yeah, okay. I think he's two okay. years Okay, older. So
2: Fauci's done. Yeah. He's out. You no kicked offense, him. doctor. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't dislike <laughs> you or anything. No offense. I just, yeah. I just, honestly, they're, they're forcing to me to do okay. this. Okay, all right. So you killed you Fauci. Yeah. Who are you marrying and who are you gonna kind of have a one night stand with? But I mean, this just shows how ridiculous this game is. This is ridiculous ridiculous game. You put three people Adam,
0: make your point.
2: I just think Tom, yeah, I just want to get, What's your Point. This is about Tom.
0: Where's the freaking stop
2: sign thing There's no we point. Here? We're playing a game. But if you, you play the Fauci, game, she, you have to have at least marrying one of those person Throw it
0: to me here. Please. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah. Just toss it. No, it's not there. It's too, Okay, don't worry about it. You're not going to get Okay, throw it. There we go. Okay.
2: Seriously, tell me. I you. just want to get the level of hate. There's different I, levels of hate. purgatory. It's not
1: hate. Uh, honestly, this is not about hate. Dr. Fauci, if you see this, this is not about hate at all. I just don't think we need your messaging Adam, right make now. make your point. That's my point. I want to play a game with Tom. I want to have he fun with Tom. He doesn't want to play it. What going with it. He's already in it. it?
0: <laughs> he okay, you put him it. as that he doesn't like him. So what's your point? Okay. No, I just, That's I think, it? I, <laughs> this whole shenanigans you did for that? Seriously. I'm Listen. thinking you're going to a point. Like, if you would have ask me, I would have said, I'll have a drink yeah. with Newsom. I'll have dinner with Sanders. I'll travel with Cuomo. I think, well, you threw
2: Cuomo in there.
0: Yeah. But did you say Cuomo?
2: You put Fauci? Fauci, Newsom, and Bernie. I
0: have no desire to do anything with Fauci. That's Okay.
2: Yeah. So you're killing Fauci.
0: Yeah. I, no, not killing Fauci. It's just, it, it, look, let me give my uh, thoughts on this here. So this guy goes on TV and does an interview, and Fauci says the following. He says, um... He says, making the decision to, the, was the best decision I ever made. So fully taking credit for all of the vaccine, that's the best decision I ever made is what I did. I, I, Fauci, is the best decision I ever made. You know, last year I interviewed Judy Mikovits. I don't know if you guys remember when I interviewed with Judy Mikovits. Okay? And yeah. she was the one that used to work with uh, uh, Fauci Anti-vaxxer. years ago. Yeah, when there was an AIDS, uh, you know, epidemic she was uh working on that with fauci she was in her early to mid 20s and she was working with in the 90s when was this this was in uh, late i don't know the exact year but they were working on the aids epidemic 84 i don't know the exact year to say that again i don't want to date it yeah but uh uh, uh, she said and and i'm sitting there talking to her and one of the things that my concern was is why is she so much she has so much hate towards fauci okay obviously the interview was taken down in no time most of her interviews were taken down during Mm -hmm. that time but you know what she did say? She said, "Fauci would always brag about one day being famous." Huh? She said that in one of the wow. interviews. I'm like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." What do you mean he wanted to be famous? She says you have no idea how bad this man wanted to be famous. He wanted so bad to be famous. I'm like, "Huh? Okay." Do you walk away with it? You're like, "Yeah, I don't know if I believe that." Okay, you do an interview. You're like, okay, great. I mean, that's her thoughts. She, you know, there's obviously a lot of. You know, uh, challenges between the two. She got fired. All these things that happened. But what do you mean, I? I've made the best decision. Here's the one thing people have to realize. So let's get Fauci and Trump. Who knows more about medical history? Who knows more Fauci. about Dr. Fauci? Cl- Trump, clearly. Who knows more about negotiation? Trump. Okay. Can you actually see how Fauci would negotiate? You guys better get this done in the next six months or else. I, I can't see that. No. Do you know when Fauci, when they would ask him how long, and Trump would say, we're going to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Fauci would say what? I don't know if you guys remember this. You're it's gonna not going to happen. Gonna happen. Years, yeah. It's going to take 18 months. Let's not get our hopes too high. This takes a long time. It's not going to be as fast as the president says. It's not going to be. Let's say 18 months. I think it's going to be second quarter 2021. Trump would say, nope, we're going to get it done by the end of the year. All of America would lose their mind. No. You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Trump gets elected. Next week, Trump loses the election. Next week, there's a vaccine. Because of who? Fauci's ability to negotiate? No. You got to realize, I mean, Trump drove that. And for him to say, I am glad I made this decision. Look, did you land on the moon? Or, you know, who, you know, said we're going to go? and land you know, before the end of the decade. Who said Kennedy. that? Kennedy said it. Who sits there? You're the administrator behind closed doors. You want to take credit for Kennedy's vision? Trump said we're going to have vaccine by the end of the year. Then he pushed the people that were created, it. he steered a pot. They led the way, and now we have what we have with vaccination. We're about to get to 200 million in 100 days, whatever the timeline is. So, you know, there's there's a part of that. Every once in a while, you know, you, Fauci will come, and you'll say, well, this guy's pretty reasonable. But then he shows one of these situations where, like, all you have to say is give some credit to the guy that you were negotiating with as
1: well. You don't have to take the credit for this thing. Trump led the way it's, on getting it done early. It's a God complex. When you start As a doctor, when you start throwing yourself out there like that, I mean, seriously, it, it's not healthy what yeah. he's doing to this country. Plus, he contradicts himself. You know, the numbers are, are going down. Masks are not going to work. Yeah. Masks well, are going to work. Now, what about the vaccine? Yeah. Everybody's getting vaccinated. Shouldn't the numbers be going down? They just want to keep playing with these uh Doomsday Scenarios.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, if you enjoyed today's podcast, smash the thumbs up button and subscribe. Even though you think you're already a subscriber, it's a complete different channel. Smash the subscribe button. This Thursday, I believe we have with us Byron Udell, who's going to be here with us. He's be B-back from a few months ago. Byron has a lot to say, a lot to say. Byron will be with us this uh, uh, Thursday, three guys from the insurance industry. Can you yeah. imagine? Life settlement, term, perm, okay? We're going to sit down and see what we can do together (laughs) and uh, have a nice conversation together. Adam, All good right. stuff here today. Stop. That oh, MFK came yeah. was confusing, but I thought you were going to the MS13 direction. But MS13, MS, MFK. Anytime I hear M, oh yeah, M something, I go to a completely. Well, that's because you're, you know, your LA gangbanging and because I that's... bought a car from MS13. Was my second car was a lowrider Chevy S10 long bed gold with uh, 14-inch wheels, and the the owner of that truck was an MS13 leader. <laughs> so, and my dad says you're gonna buy a truck from an artist. I said, why is this guy an artist? He says, he's got, he's got painting all over his body. <laughs> I said, that. he's got tattoos. He's up. from MS-13, Dad. We kind of are buying a truck from MS-13, guys. So anyways, um, good stuff, good conversations. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, Bye. bye-bye. bye-bye. bye-bye.